0: I'm Amen. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode thirteen. And Thir- we have nothing witchy for this episode. I feel like a bad witch, a bad pagan. Like it's thirteen. It's our special number. And <laughs> it we I didn't do anything special. How dare you? Yeah. Well. And uh, well. But we're gonna get into all things Bravo
1: this week. Hopefully that'll uh, fill that void in in certain ways. Oh, it, but
0: we have the witches of WeHo coming we got, up on Vanderpump Rules. We got some witchy behavior uh, to talk about. To say the least. <laughs> to Not- uh, say the very least. Before we get to Vanderpump Rules, obviously, we will be talking about um, part two of the season five reunion for Miami. Um, but first, let's dive into uh, New Jersey. Um Wow! This week, this
1: week was we were we kind of did a little like psychoanalyzing last episode, and this is the I mean this this was the episode about therapy. <laughs> this is yeah. this was therapy corner. There was a lot of therapy this episode. Um, we 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 start though actually with uh, there's a quick clip of uh, Marge get after her wrist surgery <laughs> and or like clearly loopy from the surgery at the end. Yeah, I they all the I don't know why it's always so funny. Like like it's such a cla- like just put a bunch of morphine in somebody and just let them go and put a camera in their face.
0: Yeah. Just don't do it to me. Cause I'm allergic. Well,
1: yes, that, that would be a, uh, yeah, that would not be good on camera. That or... would
0: be, um, recording you committing murder. <laughs> <It's not
1: film>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we go to Teresa is, uh, going to her therapist to sort of like have a little session talk about things. So, and, I'll say first off to sort of start about this. We've kind of been on the train of like, I think like this feels really genuine with Teresa. And again, I, I feel the same way. Like if she's acting, then, she's a, sh- then she's a much better actress than I thought she was. Uh, yeah. So like, that's my like Teresa, when Teresa is calculated, it's obvious. Like, to, like for them, like,
0: so that's why I'm like, no, this has to be real. Like this has to be like, like, nobody fell for it when she said absolutely no, she had nothing to do with Danielle pulling Margaret's hair. No. I, you know, we all knew. We all been new. Like, we it was
1: written all over her face. The posh fashion show thing where the guy came to say that Melissa was a stripper for him or whatever. Like, she, right on her face, completely. Like, she doesn't
0: hide shit well. Like, it's it's not in her DNA. So either she's been taking some A-list level acting classes or she's genuine. Yeah. And I, I really do believe that it's genuine. It feels right.
1: And she acknowledges, like, her past anger issues about how she didn't like, um, in retrospect, how she treated Margaret at last reunion. To, I mean, even that reunion, Louis was telling her, like, you need to stop. Like, you need, you're you not yeah. coming off, like, well right now because of how you're acting. And, like, obviously the obviously the stuff with the table flip and all that stuff. Like, she's, you know, her anger has got the best of her. And she has, I mean... It's important for her to acknowledge that. And
0: like And I I think that um viewers we have a tendency to want to give the credit for that to Louie. And I won't discredit Louie because I do think that she has made this effort due to his suggestion and pushing. Yeah. But she's done the work. Yeah. She's put in the time and effort and because she wants to be a better person. So I think that this just it's better for her. And I know that there's been a lot of discussion like, you know, at the end of this season, should should uh, Melissa and Joe leave, you know, or should Teresa and Louie leave? I think it might be better for Teresa to leave. And only that's t- only for her own growth, because I think that this sort of environment is not good for her becoming the person she wants to become. It's not going to help by any means. No, especially especially if she's staying around someone who is as petty and down in the mud as Jennifer. Sure. Like yeah. that is that is her MO and if I'm, that is her ride and die bitch, then like that's not healthy for your for your relationships moving forward. But also,
1: I mean housewives in general. Like it's right. not it's never going to be the place where like, you know, like you can have moments of of growth in that time, but you're never. It's you're gonna always fall off the wagon. I right. Feel.
0: The the time that, the moment that you see people work through all of their issues, they're gone the next season yeah. because they're no longer entertaining television. And honestly, I would love that for Teresa. I would love for her to have a life that is no longer worthy of everyone watching. Yeah. Like give her some peace. She has been fighting tooth and nail for thirteen seasons. And then spent a year in there in jail (laughs) where I'm sure she also had to fight tooth and nail. So, like... She deserves a break. Like, she deserves a break.
1: Um, But she gets into, also like, everything that's been happening with the whole, like, Joe not coming to the housewarming party... And sort of all that stuff. She talks about... We get a little bit of the backstory of her family history as well about how her father was also very stubborn and that, like, they had basically...
0: Shocker. Yeah. Nona was was (laughs) (laughs) incredibly stubborn.
1: But that he basically, like, had an issue with one of her cousins to where they didn't talk for, like, two years. Yeah. And that because of that, like, they never had... Like, Teresa and... Um, her cousins, like, never really, like, had that distance, and she's worried about that with Melania and Ga- a lot of Gia people, and Antonia. A lot of
0: people pointed out, um, you had your cousins on the show at one point and blew that, so, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not just based on your dad's relationship. You kind of fucked that up, too, Teresa.
1: Well, she and she also says that, like, he never really was the person to say, like, I love you to her, yeah. and that she she was saying that she taught Gia to say it to him, And that—that's how it start. Like he was able to start doing, you know, being expressive in that way. Um, And she talks about how she worries about it with their kids, and that like Antonia didn't go to Melania's Sweet Sixteen, and Melania was really upset about it, and like that the distance is kind of there. She talks about how also like she wants a a, wants peace and she wants a better relationship with Joe. She also says that Joe's like anger kind of scares her in many ways. Like she talks about like how aggressive he was at the boys night and like, which, and we'll get to Joe's kind of hypocrisy on this later in the episode. Like, I think people could say, Oh, that's Teresa being a hypocrite. But like, I think she acknowledged, she in the start of this acknowledge her, her anger issues. I don't think she's denying that she also is dealing with that thing.
0: Right. But I think, I think if she were to own that, when she's talking to Joe about it, that would make a lot more headway. Sure. Because I think that, part of the issue is that when she is talking to Joe it's still yeah but you did this and well and I
1: want to see that interact cuz we really haven't had that interaction with them yet this whole right. season and like from when it was at Danielle's house when Teresa and Melissa got into that fight we talked about it like Teresa kind of conceded some things yeah. to Melissa
0: and so I want to see what, how that interaction would look like. And, you know, I've said it in the past. I don't think they need to rehash all this shit. I think they just need to draw a line in the sand between the past and now and say what happened happened and we are all hurt from that and that is something that we need to heal on our own but we're never going to be on the same page with what happened in the past and that's okay. Sure. I think we just need to own the fact that we hurt each other And we're not going to do that anymore. You have
1: to take a little and give a little. Yeah. In order to get to that point. Um, We go to Margaret's house and uh, she's invited Jen Fessler over. Uh, She talks about how, like, even though she's still recovering after the surgery as well, but that she, and she brought this up like a couple episodes ago about that. Joe, Joe Benigno has been wiping her ass. I don't, I've never broken my hand or my wrist or anything of that. Like, this might get into
0: a TMI territory. People don't wipe with either hand. And most people just go with their dominant hand, I'm sure. I, I know that I have had issues with my shoulder and like having to switch sides is a pain, but it's not impossible, it's that's Margaret. A, that's what I'm just saying. It's not impossible. Although you, you really trying to tell me that you don't have a bidet. Well, and as rich as you are, you don't have a bidet in that house. In That's, that house, that, it's a very I you could see can her get a Mister Tushy for fifty bucks on Amazon. I know you got a Mister Tushy budget. And she says, like, well, Joe doesn't mind. He's a plumber. He, it's just a job. It's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> but like cleaning out your pipes and cleaning out pipes are different,
1: very different things. Uh, and then we also cut over to Jennifer's house, uh, where her kids are doing chores, and and Jennifer and Bill are relaxing. Um, and so we're basically getting the two sides of the argument that happened at Jen Fessler's house. I love Jennifer her petty ass just being like telling immediately starting with Bill, so I don't want you to be that nice to Margaret when you see her at the baseball game. I just <laughs> just to start with that. It's just like, Wow, um, I can't
0: stand her this season.'
1: I I, well and she the one thing I do side with her on is that she like she's like she said I was like a a disheveled drug addict or whatever because I smoke marijuana and I do we talked about like I didn't like Margaret's marijuana shaming and Jennifer does say like I have it I I smoke marijuana at the end of a night when my kids are in bed. Like, and
0: it's still legal in Jersey. Yeah. So like what's the big deal? What's the big deal? It's like having a glass of, of whiskey
1: at the end of the night. It's right. not
0: that, you know, crazy. I, or, you know, the copious amounts of alcohol, you know, in the form of wine or cocktails that these women, you know, like nobody's ever died from a weed overdose. No. It's fine. Um, and and yeah, well, yeah. Um, so Jen
1: Fessler, and this is why I like Jen Fessler this season. Like, she kind of holds Margaret a little bit to account in certain ways. Like she was like, the way you were acting was not you. And like, it's not, it wasn't a, she said it wasn't very adult like of you in the, w- w- the way both of you were. Act- she which, said, not nice, not nice. <laughs> uh, and it's like, good. I good on her. Cause I do think while yet, yeah, you know, people can take a side, whichever I think it's, I've talked about that. It's reached a certain point with Margaret and Jennifer, where they just start slinging at each other to where nobody looks like it. It's like, who cares who did what first? Like, it's like, yeah. you're at a place where it's just like, it's all mess. And so like, someone has to be the bigger fucking person at the end of the day. Um, but, and, and, and Margaret's like, I'm not going to, you know, confront her at the baseball game. It's a thing for charity. Like, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, we go to Polly's house where Dolores is at. Um, this was the, fr- I, I've, I've always known Polly was Irish. I mean, they've talked about Polly being Irish. This is the first time I've noticed like Polly's thick Irish accent. Like, he said something about, because I guess Dolores, like, fell in the shower or or something, and, like, he helped her up. And she said, he says,
0: I think it's because you fell on your ass. Like. What? (laughs) Like. Well, and he's got, like, really tan skin for an Irish guy. Like, we're normally super pale people. It's like, he does not give
1: that vibe whatsoever. But he, like, he opens his mouth, and it's just the. The fucking Lucky Charms, like Leprechaun, like,
0: like maybe he was putting it on a little bit, but I don't think so. Like, I think it was legitimate, and yeah. it was like,
1: really, okay. I, I clearly Dolores finds it attractive. Um, and uh, Dolores' dad comes over, and Pauly and Dolores' dad have kind of hit it off, and and they sort of have a good dynamic. Um, Dolores talks about how his dad really likes her. Dad really likes that um Pauly seems committed and that mm-hmm. it's not just for a a di- like casual de- like he wants to actually like have a long-term relationship with her and like you know Dolores has been so vocal about wanting that that you know that's clearly important to her father um and then we find out that Pauly has to go in he can't go to the I keep saying baseball but it's a softball game same difference um go, has to go in for a heart procedure so mm-hmm. he can't make it to the game and that's you know terrifying like like I I I ugh. I don't like any of that stuff. Um, and Dolores obviously is, you know, doesn't want anything to happen and, and is, you know, clearly cares a lot about Polly. Um, and Dolores and her dad sort of go for a walk, uh, with, with dog, <laughs> her dog's name dog, uh, which I, so it's, so it's so funny. Yeah. It's so Dolores. Um, and sh- they talk about like Frank's, um, you know, issues with sort of the sort of distance at this point right now. and, Dolores' dad is kind of like, you know, you deserve sort of this happiness right now with Polly because for a long time you drove that bus alone in terms of the dynamic. And Dolores kind of talks, and this is where I, like, Dolores talks about, like, I kind of put all my shit aside to give a family dynamic for Frank even when he didn't deserve it. And she talked, and there was flashbacks about, like, I mean, things were bad at a certain, like he was like throwing shit at certain points he was breaking furniture he was like do, like it wasn't simply like i think we lose sight sometimes that it wasn't just like you know differences in sort of their right. relationship like, like he was abusive yeah and he, he wasn't great and he and there's all the stuff with like his law like didn't he get like uh bar, like stripped of his bar license or whatever with something like so he was you know
0: And I and I would hope, and I think he admits, like he wasn't the best husband, right? So I and I know we've had a lot of discussions about this particular relationship offline. Yeah, I I feel for Frank because he has done a lot of work on himself to make himself not that person anymore. Sure, and while he has said you know that he you know still loves dolores i think it's more in the terms of once you love someone you kind of always love them there's always a part of you that is still connected to that person yeah um and it's it's sad to me because this is his family and it feels like Out of nowhere. And I I question to me, especially looking at this from Frank's point of view, it's, I've got this family and it's not a traditional family, but that's okay. We've created this out of rubble. You know, we had nothing and we had devastation in this family, but we have made it work and we have made a system and a rhythm that works for yeah. everyone here and then along comes paulie and things have to change and i think from frank's point of view it looks like it's paulie's fault um i don't think i don't know that that's necessarily the truth but i know that that is a possibility because we're still not getting from dolores i don't want him around we're getting more from Dolores do, well, doing it for it, even
1: if he doesn't vocalize it necessarily to her she's still saying i want to do it for him like i out of respect for pauly like right and
0: that's where i have a problem it's like she should do it for her there, i agree with that there should be no man that comes into any woman's life and makes any demands on who she can or cannot have a relationship with. Right.
1: I, what I will say is, and we talked about it a little bit, a couple episodes ago with like Joe Gorga and like the kind of like Italian family and sort of the rules and that regard. I think more than the more I listen to Dolores talk about it, like I think she didn't choose out of her heart to keep this relationship going in spite of all that Frank did. Like, I think it was in many ways kind of expected of her because you're the, you're the wife, you're the mother. You have to like put your feelings on the back burner. You have to put your emotions on the back burner to preserve a family. And I think part of it is the poly element. And I do think, yes, she should do it for her and nobody else and not because a man or whatever is, you know, either telling her directly or indirectly to do this. I think also, though, that like there is sort of like a Dolores in many ways is traditional Italian but also is willing to sort of like move with the times and move with how society is now. And I think she's learning that, you know, what being a quote unquote independent woman is like and what, you know, not having to have that burden and carry it when you don't want to necessarily. Um, And I do, and Frank should always be a part of it. Like, that's why I, I try to reiterate that even though we differ on this, like, I do think Frank should be a, is nat, and naturally when you have kids with somebody and when you've been in a marriage for enough of a period of time you're always they're always going to be in your life in some form or fashion that you're not you're never going to clean break completely right. from that.
0: Well, and but here's the thing: it doesn't seem like she felt like she had to. She didn't have to bring him on the show. Like when she well, came when she came onto the show. She didn't have to bring him with her. I mean... She chose to do that. And that indicates that she was happy in that arrangement. That she was at least willing to... At least passively willing to have him be a constant part of her life. And then to bring him on this show and then... Like with other men that she's been with in the past, this has not been an issue. But then all of a sudden, it's an issue now with Polly. That to me indicates that Polly has something directly to do with why Frank is being cut out at but look, this
1: point. But look, what ended up with—I forgot her last boyfriend before Polly, the one who wouldn't commit
0: to her. Yeah, uh, uh, something with a D, wasn't it? Something that isn't that Frank is living with yeah. now. Well, that's what uh, I was the the gonna, doctor.
1: That's what I was going to say, like he's then befriended Frank, and like sort of like now him and Frank have that relationship. But see,
0: that's a healthy to me. That's healthy. It's like, well, this person's going to be here. We might as well be friends. Like, why is there any but, but animosity even,
1: between Frank not, and Pauly? Not animosity, but, like...
0: But, but when, it started off that way. No, no, when Polly I'm not talking goes, about Pauly.
1: I'm talking about the other guy. Like, when Dolores and that relationship is done, and when that is, like, we're not, we're not going to be in a marriage, you know, he doesn't want to commit to me, etc. And when that person then goes and befriends Frank and then they have that close relationship. But like, it wasn't that it
0: happened after the fact. They were friends while yes, he was there. Yes, and, no. and at that point, you can't tell somebody you're not allowed. It's not like this guy was abusive or no, he was awful to Dolores. No, and I'm not saying she should Dolores. say you're not
1: allowed, but, like, I I just feel like she has, she, again, this is decades upon decades. This isn't like, like, we talk, we'll get into it with Vanderpump Rules, and that's a case of, like, you spent nine years of your life, you know, and like people would make the argument i don't think that's what you should and i don't think it's how you should think of it but like nine years wasted like this is a decade or or decades upon decades with dolores like she is has to maybe make some choices that are a little tough but to do something that is you know to to solidify her life going forward and how she wants it to look like you know, so I, I, that's just the way I look at it. Um, But we go to um, the batting cages with Rachel and her husband, Melissa and Joe and Frank and uh, his girlfriend, Brittany, and they're practicing for the um, softball game. Frank gets into a little bit more about sort of the distance with Dolores. Um, but then Rachel uh, tells Melissa about what Jennifer and Teresa were telling her at Danielle's uh, uh, daughter's birthday party about, you know, You'd rather have Margaret as a friend than an enemy, was what Teresa said. And then Melissa's like, well, this is proof that like Teresa's not actually changed. She doesn't give, you know, doesn't want to be a friend with Margaret, et cetera. Again, devil's advocating, maybe, but like, I don't know if those are te- necessarily incongruent statements. I think you can say you can want something to improve a relationship with a person and get to a better place with a person, and also inform a new person in this friend group who's coming into a new situation, it's better to be on Margaret's good side than her bad side, which I think is true, like, obviously. Yes, like,
0: but there's a, there's a coloring to that, to that statement, and I feel like you know that. Like, there's no way to say that without indicating this is a bad person. Like to me that's the undercurrent of that statement. Can
1: do you think Teresa wouldn't necessarily say the same thing about Jennifer?
0: No, I don't think she would. I Because I think that she's biased. I think that still even after all of this is biased and does not see how awful Jennifer is. I I, I think know. that Jennifer has some great qualities. She is a very good mother, she is a very good wife, but I do not think that she has been um the best person in this group she has been awful when it comes to her friendships outside of her friendship with Teresa
1: and I brought well because I brought this up too about like that app like a couple seasons ago that that after show Jackie had made that comment about like essentially saying, in my view kind of saying the same thing like saying you don't want to be on Margaret's bad side and so I don't know if that I, I understand but that, I understand I that like it that colors it. I understand that it colors it in the sense that Teresa and Margaret have, have had their issues for seasons. And so, yes, coming from her, it may sound, it does have a different connotation in, naturally in that realm. But I don't think the, that comment on its own is necessarily shady. But
0: Melissa. To, ba- to me, though, I, I don't know. I just, ugh. to me, it feels like saying you keep her as a friend and not as an enemy means that like she's a bad person that is to me at the core of that statement as opposed to you don't want to be on her bad side which just means that she's fiercely defensive again and you don't want to fuck with her like that's right but that's different to me like to me you'd you'd rather have her as a friend than an enemy says that she goes after people as opposed to you don't want to be on her bad side says she defends herself. Sure. But again, and again,
1: you know, I also want to see the receipts of like this, like, you know, whether she digs up dirt on people, et cetera. And that has been talked about for years, from multiple different people so i want i just want to see the re, like the receipts on it at the end of the day if there are no receipts then it's probably then it's bullshit and whatever i don't necessarily put it past margaret necessarily and i don't think it necessarily makes her a I feel like i'm saying necessarily a lot um it doesn't necessarily make her a bad person in my view
0: but no i don't think it does either but i think that getting back to margaret's point i think the point is. Is that when you are trying to repair something with someone, you don't talk bad about them behind their back. Well, that's my thing about this
1: cast and just Housewives in general, too. It's just like, do you think saying something, it's not going to... Like, how many times this season have they, like, if if Teresa and Jennifer are these masterminds, one, they're also really dumb at it because it's like, you don't go to say to Melissa, Hey, Margaret said, made this comment about, allegedly made this comment about a ball player. Is it true? And think that Melissa's not going to take that to Margaret or that Rachel's right. not going to take that to Melissa. Like, like they talk to each other. Like, it's like, that's, that's also my frustration with it. But then Melissa basically says that like, this proves that Teresa hasn't changed and that she, she doesn't like, uh, Joe, et cetera. And that, um, and then in her confessional, it was also talking about Louis and saying that Louis, basically saying that Louis convinced Teresa to befriend Margaret so that she won't tell the truth about him. Right,
0: which I think all of this is reaching. I Because like we have said, we feel like Teresa has changed and it it seems to us like she has made a, a vast difference um, from just even a few months ago at the reunion. But I think... I know, again, we we talk a little bit offline when we're watching these. And um, we talked about how we think that a lot of their view is just old, hurt coloring what they're seeing now. And they're not able to see the truth of it. Sure. But I think, like... It's very it's very
1: hypocritical in certain. I mean, uh, oh, like, yeah. like, I mean, if if Teresa would have said something of that effect in your direction, you would have raked her over the coals for it. Where it's where you pull, where you're pulling it from nothing, and you're yeah. ascribing that to that person, like that. To me, it doesn't help your like. Obviously it's you can't always see the forest through the trees but it doesn't help your case at the end of the day if the message you're wanting to leave from this season of like Teresa is the toxic one.
0: Yeah. Like it doesn't help that. Like when you're when you're already upset with something with someone everything that they do is bad. It's that whole, you know, God, why are you breathing so loud? And it's like, I'm just breathing. Yeah. Like, you can't, like, take the truth of the situation and see it for what it is. All you can see is it colored by past actions, past hurt, past grudges, well, all of this stuff. And they've got over a decade of pain. And
1: we talked before, and I, or at least I talked before, of, like... You know, the fact that they keep ascribing like, well, if she offers this olive branch, she's doing it for the cameras. But if she did it before filming, she's doing it for the cameras.
0: It's like. I don't think it's intentional. I think they're just hurt. I think that they can't see the change that has happened because they are so used to seeing Teresa in a certain way. Yeah. And they just aren't ready to see her as she is now yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to the softball
1: game uh, for charity. This is the second year that they're doing this. um, And everyone's sort of getting together and getting their jerseys on. Um, Danielle.
0: <laughs> getting their jersey on. Margaret
1: basically talks about what Jennifer said about, like, the whole ball player, like, the thing about the ball player thing, telling Melissa uh, you can be, if, if A-Rod had J-Lo, et cetera all that stuff. And Danielle kind of was like, I don't know if I would le- necessarily want to hear that comment from a friend of mine. Like, if you want to... Li-, she said, if you want to lift me up, tell me I have perky breasts or something.
0: They didn't give her the full context, but I honestly also think that she's already drank the Jennifer Kool-Aid, so...
1: I, I want to believe that Danielle's a little smarter than that. Like, I, I at least from what I've seen in terms of, like, her outside of that dynamic. um. I also think it's hard when, like, you're bring Housewives, it does happens all the time where someone new comes into the friend group, but then they have to sort of operate as if they've already have established the precedent of everything that's happened in past seasons. Well, so,
0: if you didn't go back and watch seasons one through 12, when you got cast for season 13. Sure. Right. I mean, and
1: they, they, a lot of people may claim that they don't, but like, come on,
0: that's real dumb.
1: Um, And then Danielle basically tells Marge what Jen and Teresa said about her at the uh, party and Margaret is obviously very upset about that. Um, Jennifer arrives and pretty much ignores Margaret for the most part, which, like, you know, yeah, yeah like, I feel like Marg said in the conversation with Jen Fessler, I'm just going to ignore her. So it's like, I, like, if it's a charity event, whatever, like, just, like, keep your distance, I get. Um, and then, so, Teresa, then this moment happens. So Teresa, Louie, and uh, Louis' son is also playing, and the girls uh, arrive. And I this could have been selective editing because how how should do do this, but it seemed as though like Joe like spotted them coming in, and then like took Gino off to like do whatever to like actively avoid
0: them, which like okay like yes, but even if he did do that, they came back in later and were I think it was just a I need to breathe a little bit. I wasn't ready for them to walk in, so I need to take a second aside and collect myself. Yeah. And be ready to go out there and be cordial. And 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 he did. He went out there later later and you know it didn't feel tense. It didn't feel bad. Well, it the, felt good. The
1: girls were like talking with Joey and like sort of and, and Teresa as well. And they it felt very warm. Like it, yeah. it That's where I think like Teresa actively has made a change, the way she'll like, you know. Like, even when they were on the field, like, she's, like, talking to Joey about, like, you know his life and stuff. It's, like, it felt very genuine. Like, yeah. it, it's hard to fake. I mean, it's very easy to fake that kind of stuff in it for it to be obvious. Yeah. So, like, that's one thing. And then the only thing I had, though, was that Joe in his confessional said something. He's like, I'm avoiding Teresa because she can switch from zero to 100 and then I have to defend myself. It's like, okay, pot called
0: the kettle black on that. I feel like y'all both inherited that gene. Like, seriously.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I talk about, like, with the, the boys' night this season where he's pounding on the table, which, flashback to the christening. Like, if we're talking about... I understand, like, they had issues in the family for, you know, before that. But, like, that specific moment, if you watch it back, Teresa comes to the table to, like, give her congratulations and all that stuff. And Joe is dismissive and, and at one point calls her a bitch and like that's what sets everything off also so it's like here the
0: clip from that one trip where joe judice was out of the room and, Teresa, and and then joe walks in and hey i want to talk to joe you. gorga literally tackles him like he's a linebacker or something and it's like bro he didn't even what like he didn't do anything yeah <laughs> um so
1: they're playing uh softball uh and and they eventually kind of sort of pull ahead in the, in the game um <laughs> i was I, like i was like i'm not gonna call this like i know anything about sports and like care <laughs> about like no oh who got the highest rbi or what i don't know um sports balls but, you know but uh rachel um is talking to Jennifer, Aiden, at one point, and she says that she thought Olivia was really cute when she was talking with her at Danielle's daughter's party and that Olivia said that she wanted to be a relationship therapist when she grew up. And the way Rachel said it, though, was like, which was kind of ironic. I was like, you don't have to say it like that. Yeah,
0: you didn't need to mention that. I think everyone saw the irony. We were good. We didn't need a comment.
1: But Jennifer talks how it's actually kind of upsetting to her because it feels like the whole... Bill's cheating coming out last season is sort of, like, resonating with her and is affecting the kids in certain ways. Yeah. Um, she basically says that, like, when her and Bill are fighting, like, Olivia will constantly be like, remember, you guys love each other. And that sucks. Like, yeah, you know, like, I think we talk about divorce and, like, uh, is- issues in a marriage as if, like, you know, it's the divorce. Once the divorce happens, that's when it affects children. But if, it's, if there's tension yeah. building in a house, like, that's going to affect them for years and years and years down the line
0: and and yeah hopefully not like and but honestly even if this like because jennifer had talked about she had talked about wanting to do music i think yeah previously and um you know being i i'm a musician like so i'm not gonna ever shit on somebody wanting to be a musician as a career it's an amazing beautiful career um But art is hard. Like, making it as an artist is very difficult. Um, And if that is something that you are incredibly motivated to do, go for it. Absolutely. But I also think if she is inspired by this that her family has gone through. And use it for good. And uses it for good to help people. And it makes her feel like she is, like making a mark on the world and making the world a better place, then good for her. I mean, look
1: at what Gia's doing. Gia's getting into immigration law and right. studying that. And know. if
0: it's something that she enjoys and she feels like there, there's like, um, when you're in your element and you're doing kind of what you were meant to do, you yeah. feel it. Like it it resonates in your in your spirit. It resonates in your soul. And if this ends up being that for her, I know she's like 11 or 12. But like, if it ends up being that for her, then maybe that's why this happened in the grand scheme of things. You know, maybe this needed to happen so that she would be motivated into what she was meant to do. Yeah, You know, and I I think there can be good to come from this and Jennifer just kind of needs to let it be if it's a momentary flash in the pan then it'll be a flash in the pan and it'll die
1: well and we'll and we'll get to it later but like i feel like she's talked about it a couple episodes ago of like because like wanting the best for her children all the time and like not and i think part of it is not releasing control in certain ways and and wanting to protect them in every possible way imaginable yeah and it's like that's not realistic just in life like yeah it you know um, but they win the, uh, softball game and they raised $200,000. So, uh, I like that this was like a reoccurring thing that like, they did last season. This, like, I like sort of like, y- you know, yearly trends that they do on the show. Like, yeah. I and, really like that. And it was a fun little, you know, sort of moment. Um, so, but we start the sh- episode with therapy and then we end it with therapy because then we go with Jennifer and Bill to uh, sort of a marriage counselor uh, to talk about their issues and that, you know, Jennifer talks about how like it took a lot to get bill to do this. Cause Bill's very opposed to therapy. Um, he seems very sort of like old school in that regard. Um, and that she's like, she basically tells him like, you know, bring up anything that comes like, don't be afraid to speak your mind in terms of this. Um, I really like this scene. Cause I feel like this is the most vulnerable Jen's been in her time on the show. Like actively, like just like, Cause here's the thing I appreciated last season. Like when Margaret brought out the room of, or the, what Bill did, anyone could have like doubled down. They could have like, you know, tried to make an excuse. They could have tried to. I think a lot of fans really liked that Jen owned it in that moment and sort of like was very honest that whole season. Like, and I, I think we see it here and I appreciate that from her. Like it seems that she's willing to sort of show her whole life, even the messier parts in that way. Um, I,
0: what I didn't like is that online, a lot of fans. Oh, you were saying this. A lot of fans are drawing a connection between Bill and, um, David Bedore. Not the same thing. Shannon's abusive ex and absolutely not. They're they're saying he seems checked out in the same way. And it's like, no, he's guarded because of culture. That does not mean that he's abusive. That does not mean that he, you know, You know, any of the other myriad of things. It's not even comparing apples to oranges here. I mean, even if you want to make the joke of, no, she's in Jersey. She's not in New York. (laughs) Okay, But um, even if you want to say it's not even, or try to make the comparison, it's apples to oranges. I would argue that it's something more akin to, you know, trying to compare apples and like a Martian. They're... Vastly different things. Yeah, they're not in the same category. They're not in the same. They're, Bill, they're barely in the same solar system. Bill like, doesn't
1: cut Jennifer down in many ways. Like, and also Jennifer and Shannon aren't the same people in that right. regard. Like, they're vastly different. So it's like, I yeah, I don't like that comparison. And like,
0: you know, well, and it vilifies Bill. And I, I think that that is gross to indicate that Bill is anywhere near capable of what David did. David was in many regards, a monster. Yeah. And that is disgusting to malign a person of color to that based on a blip on a television show. Also, it's not. Also,
1: people have marital issues and people are like, like it just because like, you know, there's marital issues and then there's like, you know, like you said abusive shit that's like beyond that yeah
0: this is very different
1: so but and jennifer sort of brings up to the therapist how she's worried that the kids are taking it she says that olivia like will tell them like if they're bickering or whatever to be like okay guys kiss like like and that is hard because you could tell that is something that's like resonating and bill kind of talks about that like he kind of has the perception of being the tough parent of the two Mm -hmm. and that you know Uh, Jennifer's always viewed by the kids as being more supportive, so when the affair stuff came out, it sort of compounded in that regard to where... It's easy to make him the bad guy. Yeah, and I can understand that, like, feeling that way. Um, And then, so, he's... But Jennifer talks about how, like, part of the frustration she has is that what happens then is that Bill tries to pass the micromanaging of the kids onto her. Like, not just the general household stuff, but, like, the because he talks about like being really tough on them and that she, he that she needs to pick up some of that load, but it feels like, like Jennifer is like, it feels like I do, I run the house in many ways in, in every other aspect of the parenting dynamic, and then I'm getting critiqued for not doing a good enough job as if I'm sort of like your like you're my supervisor in right. certain ways, and I understand that too, and like you know she feels like you don't really participate in many ways. Like, I understand you have a stressful job, but then you come home and you're in the beach house for three hours and then we go to bed and, like... Right. You know...
0: Like, the division of labor doesn't have to be equal, but it does need to be equitable.
1: And and we saw it from the very beginning when they came on the show, like, that they had a very... People. Some people would argue backwards, but, like, very traditional concept of, like, what a wife does and what a husband does. Right. In terms of raising children, in terms of the household, and part of it is their cultural backgrounds as well.
0: But, I mean, part of it's also because she's a stay-at-home mom. So, stay-at-home moms are going to take on more of the parenting role. I get that because the other parent is at work. Yeah. So, I mean... That's what I mean. It doesn't need to be equal because clearly she's around more. So she's going to be taking on more of the parental things. She's going to be taking on more of the you know, household things. But it does need to be equitable. Yeah. It needs to be to where he is contributing when he is home. and But I also see from his perspective some of the negative things – quote-unquote negative things like having to instill discipline and those sorts of things need to be picked up by her because he can't be coming in i also taking on all of the negative aspects
1: and we don't have children but i also always believe like i don't believe in those like in those elements i think it should be both parents i think there is a like i think it's it's not effective at the end of the day to have it be one parent's job versus the other. Right. Like, it, it, to me, in my mind, but uh, and Jennifer said that like, she made a comment about like, you know, it's been 20 years of never complaining and swallowing every pill. And you kind of like rolled your eyes a little bit at it of like, really? That doesn't sound like Jennifer, but I do think there's a difference. I think, yeah. I think there's a difference of how she operates in the group and with other women. But
0: even Not just in the group. Like, we have seen her be very critical to his face of Bill in the privacy of their home. So, I mean, it's not just that she just takes... And maybe she did before she was on the show. Maybe she decided, I'm on television. I need to grow a backbone. That's what I feel. But it doesn't feel that way. She feels comfortable in that role, in my view.
1: And maybe it's what I was talking about, like, with Dolores. Like, maybe over time maybe growing in sort of a more modern era, like maybe you're slowly starting to learn those things. And sometimes when you learn those things, sometimes you go overboard with them. And right. sometimes like you push the boundaries a little too far in that regard.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you and I talked about this when we first got together because um, like my ex before Amon was extremely abusive. Um, and through like, Going through that and the trauma of all of that, I learned to stand up for myself, right? And I learned to put my foot down when it came to um, my opinion of things, my memory of events, and things like that. Um, and it, I when at the beginning of this relationship, Eamon was a lot more laid back and timid in his opinion on things. And I was very worried about running over him. I was very worried about making sure that I didn't overstep those bounds because I didn't want to become the person that I had just left.
1: And, And vice versa, like knowing your story, like I was also very conscious of like allowing you to not be timid and not, you know, and to be able to like support your opinion and support what your, your stance on things and not, you know, have you shrink
0: under. So I think that that was the issue. And the reason that that worked is because we communicated that. Yeah. And like everything comes down to open and honest communication. And I think that's why, you know, maybe we should have a like couples therapy podcast, but Oh God. Um, like, I think that's why we have worked so well together as a pair because, uh, like, a lo- I hear a lot of people say, you know, it's really hard work being in a relationship. And I'm like, really? Because there have been challenges that we've faced, but it's always been us facing them together. It's yeah. never been us against each other. And I think that that is a fundamental difference in the way that we view the world we are partners, we are husbands, and we face the world together. Like, if we have to, like, if we're surrounded, we're back-to-back. We're not facing each other. We're not fighting each other. We are facing a problem. We are finding a solution together, and I think that that is the fundamental difference and the reason that we don't really find a lot of difficulty in being married. We find a solution together, and... I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um but it was really good to see this therapy session at the very even the messy parts. Like good to see like communication at least in the like sort of so safe realm between them. Yeah. Was was good to see. And I think this was a really good episode overall. Like Jersey like we talked about like, we joked that we like we're really like psychoanalyzing certain things, but I feel like Jersey's the season to do it and they're giving us a lot of material. To do
0: it well, and with them being a family dynamic, there's more to we get to see more of their lives, yeah. You know, as a comparison to other shows where we don't really get deep into their families, um, it like Potomac, for example, we don't really (laughs) get a lot of deep dive into what's going on behind the scenes, we really just get the women and maybe their husbands, but you know, there's not a lot of kids involved, there's not, you know, half of you know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not a lot of depth when it comes to people involved behind the scenes. So, it's hard to go to that place, especially when you have half the cast hiding all of that stuff from us. Sure. And Jersey doesn't do that. There's the so open. much transparency on Jersey, and I really appreciate that. And I think it's why it's one of the fan favorite shows because it is so real. And it's like it doesn't feel fake at all. It doesn't feel like anyone's hiding anything. It's just open and honest, and it it's refreshing when it comes to. And it does get dark because of that, but I don't know. I just it's it's interesting and it brings something different that nobody, none of the other shows do.
1: I agree. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking to part two of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion. Don't go away. <laughs>
0: and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors
1: Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's
0: SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com.
1: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at
0: SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to a gay and his NB. Let's take a trip south to the very almost tropical uh tip of Miami of uh Florida into Miami.
1: I love that you said it that way because technically we're in New York City
0: for this. But uh, oh, that's true, we
1: are. It works. It's fine. Um, but the, this Miami reunion, it's... In that case, let's cross a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, we're coming back from uh, the explosive first part um, with the uh, sort of Alexia moment of her making that comment about, like, well, if you believed in yourself, Lisa, you wouldn't have let Lenny do those things to you. Ugh. And Lisa, I will say, handled this in a really classy, like, Good for her, because she way. could have
0: clawed her eyes out, and I would have supported it. But... Um- Good for her for holding back.
1: Yeah. Lisa's very mature. Like, she's dumb in many ways, but in sort of certain ways, but she's mature also in, in many ways. Well, and
0: she didn't let her change the narrative off of herself. Yeah. And that's, that's what she was trying to do, was change the story and move the story off of herself onto Lisa. And it was like, no. No, you're you're keeping the focus. We're not moving yeah. this. We're we're staying on your neck.
1: Yeah. And then uh like Andy asks if like there's any like last minute people like Alexia want to apologize to. And she apologizes to Julia again about the Russian prostitute comments and then apologizes to Gertie and Gertie accepts it and was very it's like it was probably a misunderstanding, whatever. Um, but she notably does not apologize to Adriana, um, which they all sort of kind of pick up on. Uh, and then they go on to a, essentially a lunch break. Um, but the cameras follow them, which this was like I normally hate when they do too much of like the backstage stuff. It wasn't necessary but with it this. was very necessary. Nicole and Gertie are talking. Um I Nicole like said that like Alexia really only like majorly apologized to Julia because that was one of the things in which, like she could have gotten canceled for, right? which, like, Fair point. Like, I think... I mean, At the end
0: of the day, her apologies are self-serving.
1: I mean, I don't think there's, like, a large, like, how dare you say Russian women are prostitutes, like, dynamic. Like, like that's not... In terms of, like, the people, like, calling for cancelization of people, that's not, like,
0: you know... But, yeah, I mean, but I I mean, also, it's very,
1: like, anti-woman, I guess, but, like...
0: It, it is very anti-woman, but I also think that with, you know, things going on in the world today, a lot of the people watching Housewives are not necessarily... Pro Russia. So, sure. so maybe maybe that's why there but wasn't Ju- a giant.
1: Yeah, but and Julia's not either. Like, even though she is Russian, like yeah. you know, she
0: you know. Well, but people will throw people in of a nationality together. It doesn't sure. matter their opinion or their stance on things. Yeah.
1: Um, and then Alexia goes back to uh to talk to Julia to sort of like apologize again. And the whole time Adriana's like in the corner, like <laughs> getting great. her makeup done with this ring light. Um, and just overhearing everything. Um, and so like they sort of start talking and like, Julie is like, I just kind of want you to find peace with Adriana because me and Adriana friends are like, it's like, I don't want to, you know, and then, then and
0: Nicole is also around the corner in yeah. the same room. well, so yes. Yeah. The-
1: so at one because they start at one point later, Nicole like literally like as they like dull down on the fighting at one point, Nicole just walks by and goes, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it was the funniest <laughs> scene in the, Like,
0: it was so, it was like, oh God. Like, is the fur done flying for a second? I need to get out of this room.
1: Yeah, uh, but they start sort of fighting and uh, Alexi and Adriana uh, are getting into it i alexia brings up and well i forgot about this from last season where alexia she's bringing up the fact that like part of the reason like she doesn't trust adriana is what she said last season about her husband her ex her deceased ex-husband herman who was secretly gay and and sort of that stuff and uh, adriana i thought was out of pocket when she was like so i have a friend who says that he died having sex with a man like you didn't need to say that to her yeah
0: you didn't need it was and i think we talked about it at the time how that wasn't that was like you didn't need to read that yeah and so i can understand also like
1: it is a pattern with Adriana of doing this, like, sometimes. Yeah. And so I can understand also, like, as much as the Frankie comment was, like, you know, at it, it a bigger point, I can understand when this person has made those, like, repeated comments mm. that you think it's coming from a malicious place.
0: Yeah, I think she just doesn't, like, she sees, con, like she sees connections where things are... Um, related and she'll bring it up and not realize it's inappropriate until after she says it and sees people's reaction
1: yeah it's hard to tell like adriana even in the first
0: three seasons was such a fire starter she seems to like just stumble into it though like the way i read it it seems i won't say innocent but i i i find it hard to say it's malicious i i just think she's you, uh, what was that word that they like to use with Sutton last season?
1: Oh God. About how she like the when clumsy like, Clum- clumsy. Oh, you're very clumsy with your words. She's
0: I, I think, I think adriana's just cl- clumsy with her words. Yeah. And but, that's all that that is.
1: And then Adriana tries to make the argument of what Leah Black said last season about like, you know, Oh, you outed Herman after he died. It's like, and I said that I didn't agree with that at the time. I love Leah Black, but like, I think Alexia is right to sort of shit. One, it was it was out in the like the the gay men in Miami knew he was gay. Like clearly it'd been out in the
0: in the But you know. I mean and he'd been out in the streets, but you know.
1: Yeah, but like I think I actually thought Alex what Alexia did last season was actually very helpful for the community in many ways. And yeah. like, you know, I thought her position on it was like I'm sad that he couldn't come out, you know, be his true self. But like if he had this like lover behind my back, I'm glad at least in those moments that he was happy. Like yeah. I thought was actually very, it
0: was big of her she and progr- very yeah. progressive
1: of her, like in that regard. Like so, because
0: at the end of the day, it was an affair. Like she had every right to vilify him and rip him to shreds, and instead she chose grace and mercy, which is a little out of character. Yeah. A little bit. No, it completely out of character.
1: <laughs> um, and then it's like the, the, like I said, the fighting dies down and Nicole has to go to the bathroom. And then her and Ju- Alexia and Julia just start re like having conversation again. And Julia's like, you know, I'm not trying to be like this, like peace and love, whatever, like kumbaya person. And she brings up like, you know, Martina is like, you know, she, she was apparently supposed to be there that day for the mm-hmm. reunion, but is too sick from her chemo. Yeah. And she's just like, I th- wish, you know, Part of me just wishes that you we know, we don't have to go for each other's throats. Like it's, I'm just saying it to like put it into perspective. And Alexia is like, I just don't want to be made out to be like I'm a mean girl, like that I'm this like vicious mean person. But and you are though. She is, and and well, and like ten seconds later, she kind of proves it. So she starts crying, and then you just hear Adriana in the background. Those are crocodile tears, Alexia. <laughs> and Alexia is like, you know what? And then like goes back to fighting Audrey.
0: But but is it? Is it at this point that Alexia was like leaving and then Adriana says that and she comes back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when that happens, there's a, part of somebody's crew is this shorter black woman uh, that's like maybe in her late 30s, early 40s. I think it was. She's got a face mask and a turban and like yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. And she's, like, right in Alexia's path. And so she's between Alexia and the camera. And she's, like, oh, shit. (laughs) like, trying to get out of the way. It's a really tight space. I cackled because she was, like, I don't want to get between these women. Like, don't put me on television. I don't want this shit. Like, I'm just here getting paid and then going home. Like, this is not... (laughs) <laughs> don't yeah. get me in the crossfire this bullshit and uh, and
1: to the speaking to the like mean girl element of it alexia is like you just want to be like us or whatever you want to be bl- you that's why you dyed your hair blonde like us <laughs> it's just like <laughs> uh, again we talked about it last episode like alexia embracing the villain just like being like yeah yeah and so they storm off, and then like they get ready for the par- uh the rest of the reunion kiki's there uh is finally on the couch Uh, they asked Kiki about her, uh, fight with Adriana on the boat for her music video where she had the Burger King back in her hand.
0: Right. And was
1: eating the cold Whopper. (laughs) And she's just like, look, look, I struggled a lot and I ate cold Whoppers. I got no problem with that. And I was hungry. (laughs) I love Kiki. Um, so, uh, they go to Julia. (laughs) There was a shady question about like, Julia, do you like now looking back do you remember your daughter's school name because she couldn't remember what it was
0: she, apparently no still no but yeah. it's like a three letter and it's name, in france and it's in french and she, like so I, I mean i get it she's like already learned two full languages fluently like yeah trying to make her learn France. T- or French, too. No, just let her alone. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, so, but, but then we get more into sort of the Julia Martinez stuff. Um, we, she confirmed what we thought, which was that the adoption's on hold right now, the, the yeah. adoption process. But then she says that they were pretty far along.
0: Yeah, like they were literally just waiting for a call from, from an agency that said that they had someone. And, you know, we had talked off, uh, offline about the worry of oh, no, what if they had ended up with a child yeah. and then this happened, and now, like, what is that, like... And now I'm a little bit worried that it's going to put in jeopardy their ability to get a child in the future. I hope it's... I mean,
1: the yeah, I hear the process is, like, very stringent and, like, that even that could be, like, a mark against... It just would right. make it more difficult. Well, and
0: it also makes it more of a dealing with a... uh newborn or a toddler is going to be very, very, very difficult for Martina Yeah, recovering from cancer. If she recovers, God, I hope so. But, like, she's facing two cancers, at like, right now. And it's going to be a hard, a long, hard road. And we don't know how many years this will take. She's already in her 60s. Yeah. So, like, I just, I wonder if this is maybe we need to put this down and like focus on Martina, focus on y'all's relationship together and put this dream away. Yeah, Like it's, it's time to, to let it go.
1: They talk about um, the sort of really sweet moment where Julia gets into the water with Martina and they're, as they're swimming and stuff like that and how like it was a big moment for Julia. Cause she doesn't like water and like that it was romantic and that Um, she talks about sort of how she also the cancer kind of like helped her evolve on the sort of, the stuff that she was, like, expressing during the season about, like, she doesn't just want dinners for two anymore. And she says, I would give anything for a dinner for two with Martina now because of right. everything. And that's obviously, it's, you know, terrible and, like, so, so heart-wrenching. Um, and then I like that Andy brought up, like, she, he was like, I really love seeing you two at Con, And, like, Martina was, like, carrying your purse at certain points and, like, so proud of you in that regard mm-hmm. and, like, asked a lot about, like, how it takes for, like, how it feels for her being such a tennis legend and such a celebrity in that regard to like be the second in the relationship and, and that she was like that Martina just takes to it like a natural and that it's like, she's more than happy to like, you know,
0: did you notice the picture? Which one the the picture so at BravoCon they have these floor decals yeah, yeah yeah of you know all of the Bravo stars and they have their names on them but they're like the Bravo logo mm-hmm. kind of like the Hollywood star you know stars right? right um but it's the the chat bubble the speech bubble the the Bravo has as their logo did you notice what the next bubble up from no Raquel whoops <laughs> I saw that and I'm like ah! <laughs> step on it step, step on it Martina <laughs> get it
1: <laughs> I think that not knowing in retrospect but yes <laughs> um, but the, yeah no this was it was a really sweet moment and it, it, I I, like we said, I love their relationship and hopefully, you know, like Martina can get past this because it's, you know, really great to see them together on this show. Uh, They take another break and Marisol takes a bathroom break. They now have a, a, like, they have a section that's literally like with a label on it that says Marisol's bathroom because of like last season at the reunion, how every fucking commercial break Marisol had to go pee.
0: Like... Well, at a certain point your bladder becomes the size of a pea. Well, and also maybe stop drinking.
1: Okay. Um, that would help. <laughs> or at least just don't at least don't do mixers. Like that's like mixers are what makes you what makes you pee at the end of the day. Like Well, sort of. I mean, and you know, it makes you pee more often, I would argue. But and then what was that? like Lisa brings up that her makeup artist has like a pee funnel? I
0: don't know why she brought this up. I don't either, I think she maybe i it's like one of those um yeah like it's like a catheter essentially, like, no, it's not like, like directly, but no, like. no, like I know that it's like a uh, what's the brand name, like oh god, pee, like a like a peewee or something like that, but it's something that a lot of um like women will take it camping you know, for accessibility and also a lot of trans men use it. Oh, okay. Um, Like, so that they can, like, use the urinal in the men's bathroom and it's less awkward. Right. Um, And so, it, to me, I was like, oh, well, this is nice, like, placement of a... Really important of a, thing. Of a really important thing, but then, like, everybody kind of blew it off and it wasn't in a great light. Like, it could have been... Yeah, see, I didn't know it
1: a little bit better. I didn't know any of that, so, yeah, definitely. Um, And then they come back. So, Nicole starts talking about, or or they bring, Andy brings up, if anyone's talked to um, Anna Quinones, who was on season two, Mm -hmm. and she's someone who's very vocal online, like, about the show and some of the people on the show. Um, And, like, Nicole said that, like, her and Leah Black were, like, sending her emails or whatever, like, ahead of the reunion or something. Like which like it seems very like you know uh, g- getting their prepped. Which I mean, I feel like we see that a lot with other franchises nowadays. Like the past house w- housewives uh, like still sticking their nose in things in many ways, which is
0: <coughs> Bethany Frankel. Oh <laughs> God!
1: Well, hers is more blatant and, and outright. <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's more yeah. Teddy's um, more undercover. I mean well I don't even want to get into Teddy and what she said about Vanderpump this week oh jeez you literally get a life um, but then Nicole makes a comment of like you know if people are going to come for me I'll do anything to defend myself and they're still in the commercial break and then Larsa and Nicole start getting out and he's like guys st- like we're not filming right now stop like like just save it <laughs> like it was like I've never seen that happen before where it's just like like save it for the fucking actual like you know, parts of the reunion. Um
0: I love how he's like where like he he says that and then when they come back from commercial, he literally goes to something else. Yeah. Like he doesn't go Not directly into that and acknowledge that and let them go. So he's, he's like, like so no, Ger- you gotta hold it. So Gertie,
1: how many times are you having sex with Russell? <laughs> and she's like, I'm ha- I'm like three times a week, as she says. And then Larsa tries to say that when she was with Scotty, she was having sex four times a night
0: absolutely not That's
1: not even Alexia who was like her ride or die this for you is like excuse me what the hell? like that doesn't make any sense like somebody yes. called
0: Dorinda and tell her that there's a new Holland tunnel like- oh god Um
1: and then she, I forgot how she brings it up but there was something about like they bring up Marcus Jordan and he's and she's like well he wears a size 15 shoe so i think he's okay Oh god Ugh. uh the, but then they get into Lars's stuff with Marcus Jordan and the relationship and Andy's like baffled the fact that like Scotty like never brings up Marcus, apparently. Larsa says they have, like, a very, like, you know, they talk about the kids every once in a while, but their kids are grown for the most part, and so they don't, they leave each other to be by themselves. And it's, like, it's not just the fact that this is Michael Jordan's son and, like, you were of a certain age to where, like, you probably could have babysit him. Right. Um, Like, but that it's Mike, I didn't watch whatever the last, cha- whatever that basketball documentary was that everyone watched, that Andy will will bring up all the fucking time. um, like. But Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were rivals at, at a certain point. And so it's just like getting with your ex-husband's rival son is, and just being like, well, I, we never knew each other. And, and you know, you know I just, we just hit it off. Okay.
0: Like, Lars is so dumb. <laughs> She's so dumb. Like, I just, I would, just the optics, I would have stayed away from that. Yeah. Like,
1: it's not, it's, again, there's like how many men in this world? Like, you can pick from literally anybody. Yeah, I just... And she also doesn't want to bring up that, like, she... Because Annie's like, have you had, like, dinners with, like, Michael? And, like, it's, she's like, I don't really want to talk about that. She, like, basically is like, I'm not going to talk about that. She did that with Tamron Hall as well, which is just, like, I, I don't want to talk about my dynamic with Michael Jordan. So it's like, if you're going to acknowledge that... That that's a, a subject you want to go to. You can't also act like, oh, it was just happenstance. We just fell into each other. And, like, like you know the dynamic. You know yeah. that it's weird.
0: And, like, and then, like, to just project forward in time a little bit, what if you marry this man? <laughs> and then Michael Jordan is now your father-in-law. Yeah. Like, That's weird. That's weird. That has to be awkward. Come on. Andy
1: asked a fan question about if they're going to hyphenate their names and everyone's just at the the couches are just like, do not.
0: like." I would live. Oh, my God. It would be so good. But what did she say her maiden name was?
1: Oh, I couldn't. It was something. I'm guessing it's a Lebanese name. Yeah, yeah, but
0: it would have sounded good with Jordan. Yeah. So if you did that and then Jordan, like. I remember at the time I was saying them together and I can't remember what it was, but um, it sounded good together. Even, I don't know, I think Pip and Jordan sounds good. It sounds
1: good, but just the. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah. You're dipping, you're, you're dipping your hands in faith that, fate there. Um, and then they, they talk about if, like, does Larsa hit below the belt? In, um, in,
0: yes. Yes, and I love that she, she carries a sledgehammer with her for the express purpose of hitting below the belt.
1: I love that Andy did the show of hands, which was very much the vibe of like it, it's raise very your mean ha- girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> very raise your hand if you've been victimized by <laughs> by Larsa Pippen. <laughs> Mar- so Marisol
1: originally says that like she doesn't think so, but then Andy brings up that like lar- comments Larsa made about Marisol's mom in the first season, and sort of how they fought about that. And Marisol is just like, you know, she felt she was sticking up for her family because my mom made comments. I was sticking up for my family, but we've moved past it or whatever, which I get. But like, you know, well, and also it's just like she like she tries to play, play this as like I retaliate, essentially. Like I don't you know, it's I it's only when things are brought to me when people are coming at me with attitude. Then how does it explain you bringing up the thing about Julia kissing a Mary, uh, kissing a man? Mm-hmm. Like, why did, what did Julia do to you? I don't, like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and Julia says that, like, she originally denied it because she thought that Larsa wouldn't. She said that a week ago, I was told that that she meant a week ago you did this. Right. And so that's why she initially denied it. And then also says that, like, he's a designer for her and that the dress she's wearing at the reunion is his design. Yeah. Which, like, I'm not saying he's gay, but, like.
0: I mean, chances he, are that if you are a fashion designer and you were a man you are gay yeah but you know maybe he defies the odds we don't know also
1: we know the like they showed his picture and and again we've used this phrase over and over again but he had gay face like so <laughs> that, that's all i'm saying but we've been wrong this this year before I so i mean um they get into the discussion about the fight over Lisa's mortgage and I love Andy just being like you realize that was the stupidest fight I've ever seen on Housewives right
0: <laughs> I love how kid, how Andy is at the place where he's just calling shit out like that and
1: then he Andy's just feeling himself and he tries to immediately go raise your hand if you have a mortgage and Lisa's like Andy stop like <laughs> this is not funny <laughs> And I get Lisa's point of, like, my issue was not her saying I had a mortgage. The issue was she was saying it in the context of that me and Lenny couldn't afford our lifestyle and that, you know, like, that we were renting our house out, which we were. (laughs) She, like, then
0: reveals, like, yeah, we were renting the backyard out. (laughs) But that... But her 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 point was we were renting it out because we weren't using it, not because we needed the money. And she was
1: also saying that part of the reason why she wouldn't, like, come out immediately with that when her and Larsa were fighting was she wanted to protect Lenny in certain ways of, like, not making it seem like he's, like, you know, can't afford shit.
0: Especially if things are spiraling in their relationship at the time. And uh, because this is before they split up and, um, you know, and she's, trying to protect that relationship as well like she's trying to when when you see things spiraling down the drain you you try to save as much as you can and um so i get that i get her indication or her uh inclination rather to scramble to save everything that she can because She sees it slipping through her fingers.
1: Yeah. Um they go back to the Julia part and then Adriana's like saying like that it could, you know, damage her relationship. And Lars is telling her, just put a muzzle on it, girl. Like just like she is just like, you know, her and Adriana do not vibe whatsoever. Um and I are being like, guys, we live our lives on television, et cetera. It's gonna come out at some point, you know. You have to understand it's, it, might, it might come out. And then Andy goes, I mean, especially if your friend says it on camera. <laughs> As just like, girl, you brought it out. Like, why are you, like, you didn't have to say anything. Um, And then Larza, cla- Larza's claiming that she, like, I, I didn't understand this, that she was, like, call- she would call them before bringing it up on camera. Is that what she was saying? That, like,
0: and it was like, I don't That's believe what that. I was getting, but it was like, that, number one, I don't believe that. Just in general, but number two, I don't believe you capable of that level of empathy or forethought. Yeah, like you're vicious and mean to people. Why would you have any concern whether someone was hurt by what you were going to bring up? Like, stop trying to act like you're a good person here. No, like you're not. No, she's a she's an innocent victim.
1: Um, and then we get to the Nicole room. Yeah, right? she
0: also didn't get a BPL. <laughs>
1: Uh, about her sleeping with everyone in the hospital, or whatever. And Marisol's like doubling down and saying like, now, like now that it's aired, she's been flooded with DMs saying that oh, it was most of the people in the hospital, etc., whatever. And Nicole being like, D- is is the DMs you're getting coming from Larza's fake accounts that with zero followers on them, what? which like, you know, I, I Nicole came prepared.
0: It wouldn't be the first time fake fake Instagram accounts have been used um to spread misinformation Jill Zarin um or uh what's her face on Salt Lake City
1: Oh yeah 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 uh, well, well technically
0: her husband Either one of, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um and then uh, I forgot where what like Nicole and Lars are just yelling at each other and Nicole's like I'll take a lie detector test too and Andy just goes well we don't have one um <laughs> so it's like I love he's just like, what do you think? Yes, we're just going to rent them and like bring them out this reunion. Bring out that
0: one guy that's been on every reality television show. Yeah.
1: (laughs) At least, at least go, at least do what Quad did on Married to Medicine and get it before the reunion, bring the results. Like, shit, if you're going to, you
0: know. I mean, they've even had him on uh, Bravo shows before, haven't they? Remember when Vanderpump did the after Puppygate? And it was that same one that was on like, he's on everything. New York and. he was on every. He's been on everything.
1: Yeah, literally. If you're in the L.A. area and you need a like, he's there. Oh, um, oh, oh! And then Larza in the fight goes, you know, I don't have time to like make fake Instagram accounts. We have real jobs, unlike you. What? I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Nicole is a literal doctor, an anesthesiologist. <laughs> And Larsa sells feet pics on OnlyFans. I I'm just, not saying I'm not degrading her for that, but like other than that and this show, those are your only jobs, Larsa. Like, what are you a real job? Nicole doesn't have a real job. Are you serious? She is so delusional and insane. It's it, I
0: just I I it broke my brain. I was like, this woman literally like was the anesthesiologist. For, which we find uh, out later right we talk about later but Marie, marina martina. martina when she's going into exploratory surgery for her cancer she's the anesthesiologist she's actively taking care of people on this cast and not then, even just on this cast but everybody else in the miami area who needs surgery she's You know, the anesthesiologist or one of the anesthesiologists called to do that. And Julia brings that up. And then Larsa goes, I'm not degrading her job. You just did. You said she didn't have a real job. What are you talking about? And the implication is that you don't have a real job like I do because I take bunches of pictures of my feet all day.
1: Yeah. Girl. And then Larsa tries to make the argument of like, well, one, Andy starts yelling at certain point, but like, you're all talking over each other. Um and then Larsa uh, is like, you know, oh, you can't talk about like decor, like how this could damage you when you're on camera talking about tits and ass and talking about giving blowjobs. It's like that's not the same thing.
0: Like she, she was talking about having sex with her husband or not husband, boyfriend, husband. I can't. Uh, fiance now. But. Fiance now. So like she was talking about having sex in a committed relationship, and she's also not wearing these revealing outfits in the operating room. Yeah. Like every other surgeon and anesthesiologist and nurse in that operating room, she's wearing scrubs. What
1: she does in her personal life outside of the hospital and outside of the people that she works with in the hospital literally has no effect on her professionalism. Yeah. At all. It
0: literally, yeah.
1: And then Laura says, brings up that she's upset about Anthony's comments about her, that she's a homewrecker and stuff like that. Um, And it's like, She's like, and that's why I initially, and she tries to be like, well, that's why I went after Nicole with that stuff. And it's like, that's because I was, because I always retaliate. And Andy's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like you didn't see that until it aired. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Um. And then she's like, oh, he calls me a homeworker. You're a homeworker I'm working your way off the ladder. And Andy's like, that's not what a homeworker is. Like, that's literally not the definition
0: of a home-worker. You, you. It's right there in the name. It's where you wreck a, a home like, there was no home to be wrecked, therefore not a home wrecker. I don't understand. Larza is
1: so bad at this, but, like, she's also so, like, conceded to where she doesn't understand that she's bad at this that it becomes hilarious.
0: Uh, Consider who she's close friends with.
1: Yeah, there we go. And then there's the discussion about the whole bastard child thing again. And how, like, I wasn't shaming you by saying you had to chill out of wedlock or whatever. And I love Andy just leaning over to her at one point, not just conceding anything, and just goes, look, it's an asshole thing to say. Like, <laughs> like but, uh,
0: when Andy Cohen is calling you an asshole.
1: Yeah. Like, but also, so apparently this was the moment that, like, because when the reunion filmed, there was all these this, like, Gertie went in interviews and basically, because there was, oh, because Andy, like, had Instagram lives about how he yelled at larsa at one point and everyone's like why did he yell at larsa like and like this is not yelling he didn't really yell at her he didn't even raise his voice
0: he was very firm but he didn't yell at her like but he also was like just pointing something out he wasn't even like being firm like in the way that he was firm with giselle like no you're gonna talk about this right now no this was more of a okay but you're you're being hypocritical because what you did was the asshole move, yeah. not anybody else. I, so, and they
1: also they talk about the disinfitation mirror that Nicole sent Larsa. So- and I like,
0: it was at that moment where I became a Nicole Stan. It was,
1: ugh. I also loved. So Ju- Julia's asked about it, of what she thought. She's like, I'm sorry. I, I know, it, you know, whatever, but I thought it was really funny. It was classic British humor. Like what? It felt like very, remember when old Beverly Hills episodes where Br- like Vanderpump would always say like it, when she would say something shady about someone, she's like, Oh, British humor. You know, I'm British.
0: Like <laughs> it was very that vibe. Like, uh, uh, it's not british just because it had an accent like no. it, mm-hmm. and I'll,
1: but not the right accent for in nicole's case right um they uh, start talking to uh kiki kiki asking about like sort of her sex life and she says that her vagina chakra is still closed um and they get into the discussion that because of like kiki saying in her confessional that she could tell that lenny was a cheater because of the shape of his head and yeah. and And he's like, well, "What's my shape, based off of my shape, what do you think?" And she's like, "You're wild." And from the stories I've heard, she's correct.: Yeah. I don't think like it sounded crazy when she said the whole shape of the head thing, but like, I don't think she's wrong
0: necessarily. Like, I would she, I would put her to a test. For a silhouette test.
1: And it's very the Brandy Glanville lesbian eyebrows thing.
0: Like, if Brandy can pick a lesbian because of their eyebrows, I'm sure Kiki could pick a cheater because of their head shape. Yeah. Like... Like, we need scientific studies. I'm going to call, like, a few researchers I know. (laughs) We're going to put something together. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, We talk a little bit more about the Lenny stuff. Uh, Gertie said that there was this unaired scene where they were at this fundraiser, and they were sort of in this, like, roped-off area, like, VIP area, and Lenny refused to, like, join them. And then they show some of that footage. Yeah, and which was very odd. Um, And then they bring up the question that you had asked uh, last week about, like, how... How can Lisa feel blindsided by this? Like, it seemed, like,
0: pretty obvious. Like Yeah, but, I, I mean, I can also understand when you don't want to see it. Like, you don't... Like, you want to believe the best from your partner. You mm-hmm. know, even when... Everything's falling apart. You still want to believe that there's hope and that yeah. there's a future.
1: What I don't understand is w- the Halloween party thing that recently happened. Like, oh, absolutely not. And she, like, she was like, you know, like she, he kind of convinced me or whatever. It's just like I don't I, like. It's one thing to agree to have it at your house still
0: and be like, give the go ahead. That doesn't mean you have to go and co-host it. Oh no, see, I find it strange that Lenny wanted her to be involved. Because knowing that there was the restraining order and that his girlfriend couldn't be there, yeah, I if I was Lisa would have absolutely been involved because I knew that she couldn't be there because I was there because that's a petty move. Sure, and that's that to me is hilarious. Um, but I would just be there like up in my room. I wouldn't be involved in the party, but just me being in the building means she can't be there.
1: Yeah. And then Kiki's kind of making a face to the side and Andy sort of noticed it and asked her about it and she's like, you know, I've been being in a model in sort of the industry. I've seen sort of that and I've been to Lenny's parties and Lisa's parties over the years um, and that she knows models that Lenny had cheated with allegedly Mm -hmm. over the years as well. And then that's the big cliffhanger as we end this episode and w- hopefully we'll get more details in part three loving this reunion so far like yeah still really really good stuff
0: like uh, it's it's a better reunion than we got from the other two reunions we've covered so far yeah. on the show so
1: yeah and from an all-time great season i think this this is a really good really good stuff that they, they keep doing.
0: putting the setting the bar high like i just why they're still on Peacock and not airing on Bravo? I have no idea. I mean, season six needs to be put on Bravo.
1: I get that they want people to buy buy Peacock, but like, you know, yeah, give them give them a little bit more light. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we are talking the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules, and there is so much more to talk about. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Support Survivors Know by shopping today at survivorsnow.threadless.com.
0: That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com.
1: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com.
0: Welcome back to Gay and His NB. Um... It is time to head to the Pacific, <laughs> or not quite to the Pacific, because a lot I of lo- this episode takes place in Nevada. I love that we've become where in the world is Carmen San <laughs> Diego? <laughs> um, but we we are headed over to at the very east or the very, at the very, oh my goodness, I cannot speech today. I'm just going to leave and let Eamon take over the rest of this. Vanderbump um, Rules! Vanderbump Rules! Oh, God, there's <laughs> so much more
1: to talk about. We thought, I mean, we didn't think the drama was over. It's obviously going to, you know, until until the end of this season, it's going to just be continuing.
0: But and, and this episode really... Dips a little bit for me, but I know it's going to take off next episode. So I'm not even worried. But also, so Andy
1: like prefaced on his radio show, like going into this episode, that like, just so everyone is aware, we did not re edit this episode. This was already in the can edited before all this Tom and Raquel stuff came out,
0: which is mind boggling to me that they wouldn't go back and try to re edit some of this. But you would think they
1: did. You would think they did with some of these moments. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so they're coming back from uh, Disco Pussy, and the girls are in I'm Vegas. I'm
0: still that name. It's so good. Whoever named that bar, like, good job. Yeah,
1: um, and they're getting out of the elevator, and Raquel's shoes broke, and she's just, like, you know, struggling to, like, get into her bed or whatever. Um, they keep, like, 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 Raquel's allegedly, like, really drunk in this moment. I didn't get that. It seems. I mean she's stumbling, so she's at least that. She seemed very clear in her speech. And and that's fair. By that point, very um intentional in her speech. Uh-huh. Um she's in her confessional being like, Raquel is now wild and free and single and fun. Mm. Oh God. And Lala and uh Katie and Christina Kelly are in the bed and she and Lala's just like Raquel's on a journey right now. <laughs> um uh, Raquel's like microwaved all these leftovers from Vanderpump Paris and is eating them in the bed. And Raquel's just like, well, and Katie told me I
0: shouldn't put aluminum in the microwave. Like, uh, yeah, because something's going to explode. I do. How do you get to that age and not know to, put, to not put metal in the microwave?
1: I, well, ne- with all the stuff that's been coming out, I don't, I have had a lot of questions of whether it's all an act. Mm. Of this sort of like dumb narrative, I really, I really am am torn. That's an
0: interesting take.
1: Well, and because we, we have some moments this episode where I, I I feel that way. Either she's very, I know this isn't the technical term. Either she's very bipolar in sort of like her, um, like intense, like her cuttingness versus the moments where she's more like timid and a little dumb, mm-hmm. or she's putting it on, and I think you know time will tell um so and they're talking about uh Raquel making out with Oliver and then Katie in her confessional says that she's seeing a pattern with Raquel and that she's only interested in men who her friends are either married to or are interested in again this episode was not (laughs) re-edited <laughs> and then Lala brings up that uh, She says she makes a comment about You know you you're Cause uh, they were like Well Raquel's really drunk tonight And she says You drinking I would never trust you around my man Even though I let you have Oliver You know But in a, in a situation where you're drinking I would never trust you around my man And then Raquel clearly like That's why I'm saying she's either wasn't drunk Or, what, or was cognizant of what she was saying Cause she clearly takes offense to it To this and then makes the comment of, well, thank God you don't have a man. And all the women are like, Raquel, like, that is not okay. I don't, like, that's where I'm like, I don't think she was drunk. I don't think, like, it didn't, it just seemed odd to me.
0: I just, I, I didn't see a store at that bar where you can buy, like, an obscene amount of audacity, but she somewhere picked it up and it was just what like, but
1: and also like, I, I saw a lot of people after this episode being like, you know, I don't like Raquel and I think she's an asshole for what she did to Ariana and all this stuff, but she really nailed Lala this whole episode. I'm like, bitch where I maybe out of context, but like when you know the context, it just is not there.
0: Like, even when you don't know, like even if you are watching this without the knowledge of what is happening now, um, it's just that was extremely low. That wasn't like a gotcha moment. That was a wow, you're a bitch, yeah, moment.
1: Well, and I think there there were other people being like, well, the, they came off as like mean girls this episode, which I kind of like. Again, I I'm, I don't
0: get that. Like,
1: there's that scene where they're talking about them in the in the bed and Raquel's listening from the door and Katie's like makes the comment like hide your kids hide your boyfriend but also she's not
0: wrong (laughs) like she's not wrong and then also like how did the girls not see the cameras like literally panning from them on the yeah to the door and back like literally you you see the crew like the crew's not invisible
1: I yeah (laughs) I get, like, if you were, like, someone who knew nothing about these women and you saw that scene, it could look mean girlish. But, like, I just don't think with the context it it does that. And also, Christina has to go into Raquel's room to get Katie's makeup bag and sees that Raquel brought a galaxy light on this because apparently... I
0: I like them. I think they're cute.
1: I like them, too. I, I don't understand bringing them on a trip. Unless they're, like, specifically... For, like, if you have specific sleep
0: problems? Well, some of them have, like, ambient noise. And so if you have... It's like Kathy Hilton bringing her fan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if you need, like, the white noise or whatever in the background to sleep, or if you need, like, soft lighting and a lot of hotels just don't have what you need in order to sleep, then I I get it. Or if even if it's just a comfort item and it's something you're used to, like... I just, I don't see a need to ridicule someone for something so innocuous. I think, like, it didn't affect anybody I, else. I think
1: the thing is that it kind of, play, again, it plays off of this whole, like, Raquel acts like a child sort of narrative that she's had for a couple seasons. Sure. And, like, but I think that's what they kind of latch on to. But, like, I don't know. It didn't seem like a big deal to me. Um, they wake up the next morning. Uh, and Raquel and Lala have her, have a talk, and they're Raquel's like, I think I said something last night while I was drunk, but like I, I feel like it was bad.
0: That's why I'm like, that seems bullshit. That seems bullshit. Girl, I think you were just trying to... Uh, see, I think she was drunk, but because there was like a weird lull in the middle of her sentence when she was saying it that really follows drunken speech patterns. Sure. But... She wasn't drunk enough to where she was even where she slurring. Wasn't, or, so there's no way that not she drunk doesn't remember for, what she said.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, something doesn't seem right. And then Lala uh, basically, like, forgives her or whatever. And it's like, and she says, I respect people's relationships, and I think you do too. Again, didn't re-edit this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, ugh. Um and then we're her confessional. Thinks that Lala is being a hypocrite for lecturing her about respecting relationships when she had sex with James when they were together six years ago. Which we'll 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 get to it when they get to dinner. Um, so we go over to Schwartz's apartment and Sheena's there and they are meeting with a stylist, Shira, to sort of go over Schwartz's wardrobe. And Sheena's saying that like Schwartz needs to get back his big dick energy and rebound from this case. Get back. When did he
0: ever have? He is a big, big dick. dick.
1: <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and Sheena, well, and that's it's like you know. Oh, he needs to rebound after. It's as if Schwartz is like. I'm. I'm sure Schwartz is emotional about the divorce, but it's like. Again, like, Katie's the one that's been needing to rebound in terms of things. Swartz has the friend group. He has, like, his loyal followers and stuff like that. It's not, you know. And then Sheena is basically being like, well, Katie's throwing a girl's trip to celebrate her divorce. So you should, you know, get over her, essentially. Well, that's
0: not what happened. It's not really that she's celebrating her divorce. It's more of a, hey, the mood around here sucks. Let's lighten the
1: mood. Yeah. Yeah. And so Sheena's like, let's do a guy's night. Little did they all know the mood was about to suck worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, oh, I'll come too, even though it's a guy's night. You know, we'll get into that. Um, They're driving to Arizona to go to um, Lake Havasu. uh, The girls are. Uh, And Christina uh, Kelly brings up that it seemed like at Vanderbump Paris that Katie's mom had like hope. For possibly amending between Schwartz and Katie, mm-hmm. um, and and it doesn't seem like that to me. Like, I, Katie was on Watch What Happens Live after the episode, and basically, she the way she phrased it was like, in order for like Schwartz and I to get back together, Schwartz would basically have to be lobotomized and be a different person. Yeah. Like, I would have to see like it's not like the words don't fucking matter anymore. He's not going to change his actions.
0: Yeah, at this point, he's forty fucking years old. He's set in his ways. He's never been a different person as far as we can see for the last 10 years. So I don't know why anybody has any hope for him being a different person now. No, not at all.
1: Oh, and then so Christina asked Raquel about like if the James like sort of breakup was bad and like their issues. And then we find out from Raquel, which I actually believe Raquel on this, is that what sort of led to the breakup and ending the and um, canceling the wedding was that James exploded at Raquel's dad on Thanksgiving. And she was saying that on the car ride home, she was like he was saying that her dad's pathetic and that he's only like with his her uh, her mom because he's like a bitch or whatever. No, she called he calls her mom a fat bitch. Raquel said.
0: And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, James. So I am not on his side in the way that he spoke about her parents uh, in that car ride. But her parents were pretty bad to him. Her dad was, uh, for, I her, don't know. Her about dad her, was pretty awful to him. I don't know so, about her, her mom. But. So I can understand him blowing up at, at her dad.
1: But also, I understand it like, I don't know if that was her dad necessarily on her. I mean, his dad kind of, her dad kind of seems like a dick, but also James is an asshole. And so I could, under, no, yeah, if, 100%. If, but if,
0: even if, when James was for brief moments, trying to be a good person and trying to, you know, he,
1: he, at the re at last year's reunion, when he was telling about this, this Thanksgiving, he was framing it as like, he was making attempts. He was doing all this, like these, like, um, like, visible like gifts sort of thing to try to like smooth things over. And my dad and his, her dad wasn't taking it, you know, whatever.
0: So I, I well, wa- and she didn't, she didn't like correct him. She didn't say, no, that's not true.
1: But also like, I, I don't, this is the one case where I don't know who to believe. And I could see it being either one of them lying, but that's just me. And then, so, but she basically says that her plan was that when he was in London, he, she was basically just going to pack up all her stuff and then leave the ring and then just peace out. Mm. Which, I mean, like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily blame her. That's the other thing from this whole thing, is just, like, James is not a, suddenly a good guy because Raquel cheated with Tom. Like, yeah, that's not, that's not a thing. Uh, and, but Raquel is, like, talking about how she kind of is having an identity crisis and she doesn't know who she is, really.
0: And then she starts crying and having basically a panic attack which i get i i under i've been in that situation before where it's just like oh crap where is my life going who who even the fuck am i right now yeah and so like i felt for a person that is in that situation um not Raquel because she's evil but um <laughs> but you know a well, person a human being with empathy I um, feel for that person who is going through this.
1: Well, a lot of people were asking questions too of like, is this, like, was this panic attack partially guilt
0: for, of, of if this stuff with Tom was already happening? See, okay, so I was going to wait till we got to the after, mm-hmm. like, with all of that, but like, the way that, so there's this, what was this podcast? Uh it's called it's called Jamie All Over. So that was like somebody who was apparently at this party the guys night party but was not on camera. Right. Um says that that night they had like taken a picture or a video of or something of, of Tom and Tom Raquel, and Raquel talking. talking and you know in the moment they didn't realize anything was kind of hinky with it. But after looking back at it, they had realized that that, like, without the voiceover that they had put on it, that it might be read in the quote-unquote wrong context. A spoiler alert! In the correct context, mm-hmm. so they took it down for Ariana's benefit. Um, but it's also been characterized that this is when their relationship, quote-unquote, got deeper. Yeah, which makes me question. uh, That's just odd phrasing. Are we talking about that the the friendship turned into something more? Or or are we we talking about the flirting and the texting turned into physical? Right. Because if that's what happened, when did it actually start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did we cross
1: the line? That's what, I mean, we're going to have to find out. Like, like. I think that makes a big difference in terms of this whole thing. Yeah. Um. So they arrive at the house in Lake Havasu, and then Charlie arrives. Charlie was the queen of this episode. Charlie.
0: Yeah, but she also was while, on the while, wrong side of things. Well,
1: she was. yeah she is obviously on Raquel's side, and that's clearly the wrong side. And like, I'm saying, the moments were were good. And obviously, Charlie now that uh, everything's come out, like Charlie was basically on Twitter, like cursing out uh, Raquel's sister or whatever, being like, Yeah, that was great. Like, so Charlie knows where, where her bread is buttered now. Like, yeah.
0: But I mean, it, it also was not, it was kind of funny to see New School and the girls that are still working at SIR are together. Yeah. And the girls who are, are moved on from that are together. And like, that's where those lines are drawn. Well, Char-
1: Charlie was also giving me like
0: early season Stasi.
1: In certain ways.
0: In certain ways. Yeah.
1: She she comes into the house and goes, "Hello, single whores." <laughs> um,
0: and then she God, like, I miss Stassi on the show.
1: She's in her confessional talking about Christina Kelly, and she's like, "I know Christina Kelly because she used to work at Sir, and now she sells
0: lip balm for a living." And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was definitely a. Oh, you've done your homework on this show, Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Good I, job.
1: I always thought Charlie had such potential when that that Zoom reunion where she called Jackson old man. Like yeah. she had such potential. So I'm hoping like it'll it'll get good. Um th- we go to the toms at Tom Tom and um, That's a lot of use of that word. <laughs> oh god. Uh and Sandoval's like, you know, even with the whole stuff with Schwartz and Sandy, it's like TomTom has been a very consistent, reliable thing in my life. What's that like? Um <laughs> Um and they basically discuss like we got it like we're going to end up sticking with Greg cuz we don't want to risk like taking the money from Vanderpump and selling our TomTom Tom steak and then like not getting anything out of it probably the right idea. Schwartz uh, especially cons- now. Yeah, Schwartz consults his Magic 8-ball app. This man is 40. Uh- <laughs> hey, he was 39 <laughs> at the time. Sure. Um James comes by and because they're trying out new stuff for the cocktails and she the, J Santa or not Santa? Well, Schwartz keeps being like, I want to try a new spritzer. Like he's really emphasizing this like spritzer narrative. And then he's like, what about a beer spritzer? And I'm like, I can I can drink a beer. I don't love beer, but like this like spritzer mixed with like Coors
0: Light and like great like no like not even the good shit. Even good beer tastes like deep-throating a wheat field. It's not fun. Like, yeah. It's just
1: not. And then Schwartz brings up to James that they want to do a guy's night plus Sheena because Sheena's basically one of the guys. Whatever. Ugh. Um, and then like James is talking about like, you know, other than if it's all, if it's just Sheena and no other girls, that's fine. Like I, you know, Allie doesn't really want me around other, you know, particularly Raquel and stuff like that. You know, Raquel would only be in this group, uh, if it was for me and stuff like that. And so she keeps trying to latch on. It's like, get your own life. Next time, you know, we're going to get DJ fucking Raquel. See you at, at see you next Wednesday. Fuck off. Like James is just like so insane. <laughs> like he didn't do the same thing to Kristen. To exactly. Get, get to this group. Yeah. Like that's like, what all of you do. I don't like, uh, um, so then the ladies go out to dinner at Martini Bay. Um, this is where I was like, okay, Lala, like, I mean, it's a good name, but it's, it's not, it's no disco pussy. No, it's not disco pussy. Um, they bring up Raquel's drinking last night again. Um, and like, this is, like, this is where I was like, okay, like, you you guys settled it in the hotel room. Well, you had part the, of
0: it though was explaining the situation to Charlie. Sure,
1: and then well, and Charlie's also like when she talks about the Oliver part, and she, Charlie's like it sounds like Lala was a little bitter about not getting Oliver, which I can believe to a certain extent. I don't maybe not bitter, but that like her ego maybe took a little hit. Maybe, but like you know, like and then she brings up Raquel's comment again about well, luckily you don't have a man. And says that it was, a, you know, as a woman, I would take offense to that. Like, you know, any woman would, you know, would uh, take, be, find that offensive and just not, a you know, a wrong thing. This is where I was just like, you, you made amends in the hotel room. You had the moment in the car where you, you know, she was having a panic attack. Like she was like. Theoretically theoretically, if we're we're meant to be believed, and you confided in her and you supported her in that moment, why are we bringing it up again at the dinner dinner table?
0: Well, I mean, like I said, it's getting Charlie up to speed, and I think you can't, like, bring it up and then not discuss it because, like, yeah, like, if it's going to be brought up, it's going to be rehashed a little bit. If for no other reason than Charlie needs to have her her ability to have her two cents heard on it, right? Yeah. Um, So, I get kind of why it's being rehashed, but it was being rehashed matter-of-factly. Nobody was getting emotional about it, I thought, until Raquel kind of took offense to them talking about it, and that's when Lala was like, nah, bitch. I just feel like you You, can tell You need to own the fact that you fucked up. Sure. And that's what's going to happen here. So, we're going to we're going to talk about it again because charlie wasn't there so we're going to talk about it and you're going to sit in your shame for doing this bullshit
1: and i agree that raquel wasn't necessarily owning certain things like i i agree with that um so but the whole like lala saying like you know as a woman or whatever and then charlie in her confessional this episode she's like the confessional queen is like she says i don't know who made lala the spokesperson for women but we need a new president talk about how you went from a mansion
0: back to an apartment (laughs) It was like, wow. Yeah, but shaming someone for lo- for leaving an abusive no, husband, yeah. like, I just. Mm. Well, I don't
1: know if Lala is specifically. Well, she has at the reunion, at the last, of Lua, at the last reunion. Um, and the only thing I would, would, would agree with Charlie, though, is that, like, because Lala, because Raquel says, like, well, I should be up, you know after you being with James while we were together and Lala tries to be, tries to say that, you know, well, this was six years ago. And I do agree that Charlie, cause Charlie brings up, okay, but you've only brought this up to her recently. Like you've only like, she's only finding out about it now. It's like to say that it was six years ago. It's not like Raquel had had six years to heal from it.
0: Right. But it's also very different to hold someone to act it is, it is different to hold someone accountable for something that they did six years ago that you were just finding out about, and it's something completely different to act like they are the same person and that they are a hypocrite to call you out on your current behavior. Sure. That is different, and I think that that is my reason that I'm with Lala here because Lala's like, I have grown, and I am a different person than I was back then. I will own that I did that shit, but I also was an alcoholic, and I also was, like, going through all of this stuff. So it's like I'm a different human being today than I was six years ago. Today I would not do that. So yeah. today I am not a hypocrite for calling you out for what you did less than 24 hours ago. That I agree That's with. different.
1: And also, and also I didn't like Raquel being like, well, I didn't make out because like, the Schwartz swords- – thing comes up, and is like, well, yes, but we never made out. But you tried to. Yeah, and Lala's like, don't, like, don't try to take credit for the fact that you didn't make out with him. He, You only didn't make out with him because he denied it. Right. Like, that's what, and then Katie is like, I've been trying to give you passes, Raquel, but, like, I'm, you know, it said, And she says, I could light your ass on fire for what you've done. Katie really loves the, like, she used it, the metaphor again in Watch What Happens Live about Schwartz about lighting his ass on fire. I could see why her and Stassi were friends. Yeah. Remember when Stassi used to always be like, I will pick your eyeballs out with, like, a toothpick, and I will throw them in, take them in the street, run them over with my car. It's, honestly,
0: it's NeNe Leakes level, like... Mini leaks and also like I've just finished rewatching Glee. It's like Sue Sylvester <laughs> yeah. level, like insults and threats. Like it's it's beautiful, and there's like a craftsmanship to that level of viciousness yeah. that we still don't have back on this show. And I that's why I want Stasi back. Mm-hmm. Bring back Stassi. And
1: I do agree with cause Lala storms off because Raquel says that you were a mistress or whatever again, which again <laughs> like that's the, I mean, does it... Technically, but she didn't know that. Is it technically a mistress if the couple isn't married that they're homewrecking? Would Raquel be considered a mistress? Yes. Okay. Because... It doesn't matter if there's
0: a marriage. Yeah. But I... I would say that at that point, they were married other than with a contract. Sure. So I agree. it's still a mistress.
1: But and, and I agree with Lala's point here, which was, she's, she says in her confessional, the word mistress offends me because Randall has never had to defend himself. It was me that paid for that. And I do agree with that. And I think we do that too much as a society where we blame the woman. And obviously we're doing it to, and maybe we're hypocrites because we're doing it to a certain extent with Raquel. But, we're, but, but, it's, but it's But we're different. also, we, Santa, we... I think we would both agree that Sandoval is the the bigger offender
0: of the Yes, two. but the, it's also a different situation because, like, Lala was not friends with um, Randall's wife at the time sure. when that was happening. So there was no... And she didn't know that she was... Allegedly. Allegedly. Does, she claims that she does not know or did not know at the time that they were still together. So, like... There, it's not. It's not the same same thing. Like Raquel went in being friends with Ariana, Mm -hmm. and continuing to actively be friends with Ariana, and do this while this is happening. And uh, and we
1: talked about it last week. Like flaunted the relationship in front of her to a certain extent with the fucking
0: necklace. Yeah. Um, it's 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 completely different. like it's a completely different level of violation. And yes, was Lala wrong? Yes, in that moment when she was with Randall, who was married. Yes, she was wrong, but she didn't know she was doing wrong. Sure. According to her, I also but,
1: I because I, there's been the discussion with this like modern stuff of what's coming out now with Sandoval and Raquel. I've seen some people be like, but with both Lala and James of the fact that they've been the two most vocal on social media about this stuff. I think there's a, I don't think like everyone's a hypocrite in a certain way in life. No one's a perfect person and to where they can, you know, when you're judging someone naturally that you aren't in a sense a hypocrite. I think there is like maybe levels and, and like how you respond to something. Like if you're like, The whole, like, I'm trying to make a metaphor of this. That's the only way I can think of it. But, like, the whole glass throwing stones in a glass house metaphor. Mm -hmm. I think we naturally sometimes throw stones in a glass house, but sometimes you have boulders. And so, therefore, like, I think it's particularly bad with James more than Lala. Like, James is trying to basically act as though this absolves him of everything he's fucking done. Yes. I
0: think if James was... I, I don't know. I feel like James is taking more joy in it than anything. Sure. Than really condemning Raquel. He's more just taking joy in it, which to me is not necessarily hypocritical. I think also part I of him wants to... I diff, it's different when, it, again, I think it's not hypocritical when someone criticizes someone else for doing ten times worse than they did yeah. six years ago. Yeah. Like, I... That's not hypocritical. That's called growth. Sure. Growth. That You know what I mean? Like, we're allowed to grow and change our opinions on things. Just because I call someone out as a white person, just because I call someone out for being racist, does not make me a hi- hypocrite because I have grown from a racist past. Sure, Like, that's no, I, just I, growth. That's what we do as humans. That's what we're supposed to do is grow up and evolve. And I feel like Lala is doing that and she's calling out someone who is behaving worse than she did for what is being equated to that.
1: Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Now. Oh yeah. 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 Modern in modern times, not in terms of the episode, but yeah. Right. So we go to, uh, Ariana's in bed, still grieving the loss of Charlotte, her dog and LVPs FaceTiming her. And I, I, it, 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 it's not funny. It's not funny. I, but I was telling you like, it was just like the weird reality TV-ness of it all of like, LVP like I was thinking of you outside by my dog's like headstones and like just like it was just like an odd way to like I wouldn't have brought that up me personally if I was like checking on someone grieving in that way of like look at all the like
0: Mention all these dead dogs that I have. Like I, I feel like this was edited a bit. I, sure, I feel like Lisa was out there and she was like, you know, this was a thing that helped me heal. Yeah, I'm gonna call. The
1: fault is on the producer and the and the and the camera director for just cutting to the fucking gravesite. Right, it's like come on.
0: Yeah. There was better context to this. Y'all just made it feel awkward. And then LVP's like, I'm going to bury Ken out here too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, and then, so th- this is like a transit. This is a part where they have like multiple scenes, like playing like one after the other. But as they transition from the scene of Ariana, the, the song in the background, I, I can't recreate it, but it's the lyrics. It's just the person going over again. You deserve better. You deserve better. You deserve better. Again, they didn't re-edit this.
0: They like that, just oh my god, it was like, beautiful, it was perfect. And then Sheena, but to be fair, there had already been evidence of her deserving better, oh, like with sure. the way that Schwartz or not Schwartz Sandoval had acted the episode before,
1: yeah. Well, like, especially in context, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but Sheena is going on a walk with Brock and Summer Moon and talking about how she's happy that she's not at
0: such a hippie name. <sighs> I just it yeah. Anyway, sorry. Can and and
1: but she's like, she's like, I'm happy. I'm not going to Katie's. You know, uh, like Havasu thing. If I have to be, if the dividing lines are, are drawn, I'm Team Tom. That's fine. That <laughs> age, that aged well. <laughs> I know she was talking about Tom Schwartz, but like, no. I mean, even now, it doesn't really age that great. Yeah. So we go to the house in like Havasu, and we find out that Raquel slept with Charlie that night, uh, and moved her stuff into Charlie's room. Um, and then they went to karaoke the night before uh, the night when To be worked. clear,
0: as far as we know, slept next to Charlie. Sure. She <laughs> She has slept with other people in this cast. We'll one, talk about it. One point faster. Um and Raquel's
1: like, I wanna leave. I don't feel comfortable here um with everything that's happened, and maybe we can crash boys' night. But here we go. Here we here fucking we go! I literally screamed. I I was like, hear it? Because that that podcast that we mentioned before, according to a guy who was friends with Raquel, who like, like, he says that Raquel talked to her after the whole stuff came out. Raquel uh, apparently claimed to him that this is where it started, at the boys' night.
0: Well, she said after Vegas, which this is what they come home from Vegas to do. Yeah. Specifically, is go to boys' night. So it would indicate to me... Next episode, there will be hints or evidence, maybe? This is where we got to be eagle-eyed. Uh-huh. We're we're all going to have like our, our like we're going to be scooching frame by frame through these episodes and playing detective. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'm so, excited.
1: So the Raquel and Charlie come out to see the girls on the patio and Raquel's like, I've decided I, I just want to leave. I don't feel comfortable here. And this was not necessary. And Raquel goes, you know, we're going to go to boys' night and visit with Sheena, with Sheena and Schwartz. And, like, the look on, Kate, on Katie, Lala, and Christina's face is just, I don't, this was unnecessary for Raquel she didn't to say. Need,
0: she didn't need to say where well, she was going. She and just also, said, we're
1: going home. She, and also, she noticed that she didn't say, I went, I'm go, we're going to go to boys' night with the guys and Sheena. She said, I'm going to go
0: with Sheena and Schwartz. You know, the two people that y'all are actively not wanting anything to do she with. She
1: named those two people, I feel purposely, to try to fuck with Katie. Yeah. And I think that's that means you're an asshole at yeah. the end of the day. Like, I think, like, and we, like, Katie on Watch What Happens Live, like, 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 I feel so bad for Katie in terms of this scene. I don't think Katie deserves this shit in terms of, like, the Absolutely baseline not. of what's happening with Schwartz and, and Raquel. It's just like, like leave her the fuck alone and like she, uh, yeah it's so frustrating. Um, and Christina's like, Oh, well, she'll probably go sleep with, with Schwartz or whatever. And Charlie's like, don't make it like that. And Charlie and her confessional going, it, and great to see that saying, uh, great to see, uh, Christina can finally say something without Katie's dick in her mouth. And, and then her going, Katie. Wow.
0: <laughs> it was so good. It, it was, Oh my God. It was the voice that Pedro Pascal did on SNL. Yes, and that, uh, the hospital the scene. hospital. Oh my God. That was, uh yeah it, it was, just clicked in my brain just now and it was yas
1: Yeah and Raquel being like telling Lala Lala like look I think you're just mad that Oliver chose
0: me and not you
1: Again just like she's not this innocent little fawn in the woods I'm sorry like I she's not And then as they leave like Lala Lala says that the, you know and they're like Katie you need to also check your relationship with Charlie cuz I feel like she's influencing Raquel I don't know about that necessarily um, and but Lala's like, these are two low vibration human beings. People I use that, people use that phrase. What does that mean?
0: Um, so like when we're talking about like high vibrational versus low vibrational, low vibrational really just means unevolved, like not having risen to your higher self and your higher calling, and okay. that sort of thing. Um, it, technically is rooted in like some white supremacy bullshit. Sure. Um but I don't think that a lot of people realize that. So I'm not going to like call her on that, but it is technically where it comes from and it is just it is a pipeline that can lead from mysticism into right-wing scary territory. Yeah. So you have to be very careful about going down that road.
1: Yeah. Uh, but then the girls uh, decide to go to the lake And they have fun on these like party boats And all that stuff Which uh, La- Lala also makes a comment Of uh, like you know Lauren from Utah Knows how to get down on a party boat For all these people being like well Raquel's real name Is Rachel also Lala's real name is Lauren Like <laughs>
0: nobody thought Lala's real name Was Lala
1: Well, I, but, and, but at least Lala's owning it
0: You could say but
1: whatever um, So we go to Schwartz and Sandoval's Or Schwartz and Sandy's I should say for like a tasting that they're doing for the menu and stuff like that, that Greg's doing. And Ariana's there. Cause of course, Ariana supports Sandoval and everything he fucking does. Cause you know, she had
0: to show up even though she's grieving her dead dog. Um, you know, and like poor woman couldn't get herself out of bed until four thirty that day. But you know, she still put on a full face of makeup and came out to film. Yeah, to support you in your restaurant that hasn't opened way past schedule. Anyway, continue. And also,
1: they're hanging out. Oh, they're hanging out at the bar. And Schwartz starts to go, "Hey, Ariana, how is Vegas?" And he goes, "Oh wait, I shouldn't have said that."
0: Fucking Schwartz! Like, shut up! You are an idiot. He's, uh, like. It's so like how do you put your foot in it that often? It's ridiculous. It, there's it, no excuse. It's similar it's similar to to uh Adriana on Miami just constantly saying the wrong thing and like I don't reg- give him the benefit. Quote unquote of it, regretting it afterwards, but like Does I he
1: regret it? I don't know. Like Or does he just chalk it up to another like whoop that's
0: Schwartz? I mean, or is it you know that he's constantly been told that he's stupid and that he's clumsy and so he's just going with it cuz it's easier and i don't i don't know I, I he he needs some more psychoanalyzing before i have a full grasp on this man because he's really only giving us one speed and has only given us one speed for 10 years and um i'm i'm interested to see what other stuff he has yeah
1: and and ariana's in her confessional crying about the uh losing charlotte and like it's just fucking depressing like it's it's, uh, um they start trying out food and so again like tuna ceviche and like they have these like potato croquettes with like caviar on it keep in mind schwartz and sandies is in like a strip mall like in, like, an an okay part of, like, a Los Angeles. Like...
0: It was also weird, like, the portions. Like, they brought out these, like, the, the tuna ceviche, like... Yeah. Like, what, what were they, like, chalupas or something? Basically. And there was, like, eight of them, and they were huge. They were, like, a good, like, four-inch round chalupa things. And it's, like, an entire platter of them, and... Greg was very much like, "Hey, these don't need to be this big. They don't like this is a lot for an appetizer." And then the next appetizer they bring out the the potato things with the caviar. There was three little balls in a bowl, and it's like, in what world are these two appetizers equitable? Yeah, like how do you have both of these on the menu? Um, we
1: cut back to, uh, the Lake Havasu and they broke out the Schwartz pinata for Katie to hit and it's filled with condoms and tequila and a vibrator. Um, she decapitates it, which is great. (laughs) No notes. No Um, notes. Uh, and then they're talking around the table about like, you know, what, what is Katie looking for in a new relationship when she starts dating again? And she talks about how she just wants someone that will put her first and value her opinion at the end of the day. And I like and you know, she's you know, obviously still emotional about it. And she talks about like, you know, I needed more than a best friend
0: mm-hmm. in
1: terms of this relationship, but also therefore because I'm ending it, I'm also losing my best friend. Yeah. So that's you know,
0: and it's hard and And for twelve years, that's a lot of history. Yeah.
1: But I also like with that and with what she was saying on Watch What Happened, like I resonate with Katie so much in terms of like She was made, I am, and and there are plenty of times where Katie's been mean and been not, you know, the best person and stuff like that in situations. But like, I think she's really been beaten down in this relationship for years in terms of like, you know, uh, just again, not having her opinion valued, not being listened to in certain ways. And then in turn, like everyone just loving Schwartz, no matter what he does to her. And it's like, even though he cheat, I mean, he's cheated on her, you know, multiple times. Like, you know, the way he spe- speaks to her in certain occasions. And I understand why she was, like, a couple episodes ago being like, well, I'm if we divide the friend group, no one's going to be my friend. They're just going to, you know, be with Schwartz at the end of the day. Because he just keeps getting rewarded in certain regards for that. And that's the frustrating yeah. part to me. That's why I get frustrated with his dopey chick. Because it's like, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And no one's going to, like, you know, bat an eyelash. But so we go to guys night at Sky Bar. This is the same Sky Bar where Jax and James almost got into that fight.
0: Um, It's also the same bar where uh, Lala came in and said, hey, nobody's, you know, got their summer body, I see.
1: Good times. Oh, this show. (laughs) Such highbrow stuff. Um, (laughs) This was also what, so Sheena is there with the guys, right? And. Tom Sandoval knows that Raquel and Charlie have left the trip. And I would say knows that they're coming because if she, he got it from Sheena, assumedly or directly from Raquel, I think is a also valid uh, thought. If they were already in talks, but that means he knew they were coming. Right. And one, that's frustrating in terms of later springing in on James and two the fact that Ariana isn't there. Yeah. So you're, you're having a guy's night. That's not actually a guy's night. You know it's not a guy's night, and you just don't invite Ariana. Yeah. She's allowed to just sit at home and, like...
0: And, I mean, maybe he did and she didn't want to go. Like, maybe. We don't but know, I, don't but I also it... don't trust him to take her feelings into account, considering everything that's happened. So, yeah. like, fuck that guy. Um, I also... I will say that this was a nice, rare moment for James. Um, because when um, when Raquel and Charlie come in, he's visibly upset. Sure. And to, like, say what you will about James, and maybe he was more upset because he was like, oh, shit, I'm going to get in trouble. But it seemed to me like he was really concerned about how it was going to affect Allie. And I hope that that's what it was. Sure. I really do. Because... At the end of the day, nobody deserves to be in a shitty relationship, and I hope that he has grown even a little bit. I don't put a lot of stock into it, but I hope that he is taking Ali's feelings into account um, and that he is upset because he doesn't want to hurt her. I hope it's less about him not getting in trouble, but, I mean... That seems it like James. It th- seems more like what he's done in the past, but I, I hope he has grown. Yeah. I hope that this is in concern of how this will hurt Ali.
1: Can we also talk about the fact that he... So they talk about... They bring up the fact that Raquel left early um, and uh, had a fight with Lala. And, Ra- and James goes, you know, Raquel and Lala together, you know, it's like balsamic vinegar and olive oil.
0: Why does nobody get this... How many times on Bravo do, do they fuck up this analogy? Balsamic vinegar and oil makes vinaigrette. It's it, delicious. It's
1: literally, he also, I mean, most people say vinegar and oil. He went to the point to say balsamic vinegar and oil. That's literally balsamic dressing. Like, it's
0: literally delicious. You dip bread in it, it's mm, yummy.
1: Like, Ramona can't get it right, it, Teresa can't get it right. Like what is with this? Like it's like constantly happening. It's, it's oil and
0: water. Oil and water literally repel each other. They won't mix. It's like you can like put it in a blender together and get it to mix, but even not then really. Will, even then, it will separate itself from each. Like yeah, it's not.
1: You can't. It's uh. We should also talk about. So the ladies also go to a country bar, um, mm-hmm, near mm-hmm. Lake Havasu, which I feel like was a gay bar. It was, felt like a game' Because there was like a furry in like fetish gear, like, like I mean, the, oh not fetish yeah. gear, like like le- it was like a leather. Yeah,
0: it was like a, a leather harness and whatnot. But like, well, I mean, it, technically it's fetish gear. But I was I was struggling with. I mean, isn't the furry suit already fetish gear? Kind I'm, of. Anything is a fetish if you make it. <laughs> um, oh God, we're I'm, not I, here to king shame. I'm glad anybody. that's in the
1: that's in the airways coming out of my mouth. Um, but so, and then Lala is uh, sort of flirting with these guys uh, that she sees and brings them over. I noted the guy that Lala particularly was interested in looked a lot like Oliver, yeah. and I don't think that's going to help with the whole she was jealous of, of, of Raquel taking Oliver thing. I mean I think yeah. I, I think someone would play into that. But then Raquel and, and Charlie arrive at the guys night and like you said James is shocked by this. James is like guys night means nothing. Yay. And uh, we kind of it kind of stops the episode there pretty much. But the like so Raquel then we get see these slow-mo shots and Raquel like sits next to Schwartz and the look on Sandoval's face was the most evil villain bullshit I have ever
0: seen in my fucking life. They, they, they had to have re-edited it. Do least you that? Oh. At least that. Like, come on. Come on. It There's was, no way that that
1: was already there. It was, it was dark-sided. It was dark-sided shit. Dark-sided! Oh, God. But, yes, that was this episode of Pump Rules. I
0: kind of hope that next episode, James, like, Leaves? Leaves? <laughs> I, oh, the party. The party. I thought you meant the show. No, not the show. I mean <laughs> I mean um the party. I that if he were to get up and say, Hey guys, I'm sorry, I kinda I need to go, then that to me would solidify that his concern is about Allie. Sure. Um if he stays, I'm pretty sure that it's the thought process is well, I'm already in trouble, might as well just stay. Which means that he didn't care about hurting her feelings. He cares about getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, I hope he has the wherewithal to get up and leave. I hope that he has grown to that point to take her feelings into consideration. I don't think so. <laughs>
1: I'm not a betting
0: man. I'm not a betting man. And if I were, I'd bet against it. But um, I because Allie deserves someone who would do that. Sure. Because every woman deserves someone who would do that. We don't really know Allie enough to know her character, but every person in a relationship deserves a partner who puts their feelings first. Yeah. So I hope that that's the situation we're dealing with, but I don't think we're gonna. I don't think I'm gonna be satisfied with that. Yeah. I think he's gonna stay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Vanderpump Rules is doing really well. Like, the ratings are up, like, from all indications. Like, everyone's tuned in. the tuned last in.
0: three years, it's the best ratings, right? I think it, is what it said. Yeah,
1: everyone's tuned in, and this is going to be like, we're going to be riveted. We're going to be white knuckling through this one. So, it's going to be. Hell, Vanderpump
0: Rules had better uh, ratings than uh, Drag Race did on premiere night. Yeah. Like, crazy. I think it was like 2 point something million viewers like that to me is wild. It's it's gotten the na- it's gotten the nation riled up, that to say the least. So, yeah. good on Bravo at least for that. All right, so tops and bottoms, tops and bottoms. Um we got Jersey, we got Miami, we got Vanderpump. What you thinking, babe? So, my top for this week, I'm going to give it to Charlie. I would la- I was
1: laughing at Charlie a lot this episode. Of like her confessionals were really on point. This felt like the Charlie I thought had a lot of potential in season 8 like she is you know i w- i would love to see more of her backstory we didn't really get into much in sort of the 2 years she's been on the show other than she does any pasta um but <laughs> i
0: forgot about that
1: but other than that like like i could see her being a really interesting character on this franchise like going forward especially if we want the the you know the women sort of being the focus and getting rid of the men like you still need some kind of like antagonist and i think she could be that maybe um but i thought she did a really great job this episode very very funny um my bottom for this week also very funny but also very wrong which is why i'm putting her in the bottom and that's larsa um she girl was girl was on something this reunion like again really funny really hilarious but again like the, the comment about like nicole not having a real job was just the one thing that i was just like mouth agape like are you serious you are not in the real world right now like she, but I mean, you know, a, a trait of a good housewife is delusion, so we love to see it sometimes. But she's gonna be my bottom for this week.
0: What about you? So mine this week, I think uh, it's gonna be a little bit unconventional in both of these. But Ooh. stay, stay with me, okay? My top for the week is the black woman on Miami who was just in <laughs> someone's glam squad who was like get I don't want to be in the middle of this like Alexia's in my face like screaming at people and I just need to get out of the way like I don't want to be in this fight like girl I get it What a metaphor uh, Like just like she's like trying to get around the cameraman so that she's not in the line of fire and it just I had to stop the episode because I was laughing so hard like Girl, I get it. Like you just tried to collect your check and go home. <laughs> I understand. Um, that's my top for the week. Um, my bottom for the week are these fans out here from uh, of Jersey who are trying to equate Bill with um David Bador. David Bador. That is malicious and inaccurate. And we like that, that cannot be allowed to stand. That mm. cannot be allowed to continue happening. Like, you're maligning a man of color. Like, I, I f- fervently believe that a lot of it has to do with racism. Like, you would not be calling this man abusive simply for being quiet in a therapy session if he was not. Turkish I, what is there uh, yeah Middle Eastern Middle Eastern um, but like you would not be calling him that if he was not a man of color and I I have a strong issue with that um, and also I, like with Bravo fans
1: sometimes I'm like you guys really don't need to read into certain things when it's not present like Bravo will present most of the things that are actually happening to your face like it won't be something that you have to sort of like six degrees of in- interpret to get to
0: that Belief. you know what i'm saying yeah it was just to me it, it really rubbed me the wrong way especially when like he has been really supportive of jennifer and it may not be in the way that she necessarily wants and there still needs to be some fixing between the two of them and obviously yes he did cheat on her 10 years ago um and there's still that but like just like we have talked with other people on this show, what you did years and years and years ago is not equal to who you are today, like Bill is obviously a different man than he was ten years ago, and if he wasn't, I believe that Jennifer is strong enough of a woman to have left him by now, yeah, like it's just no this it was disgusting it really turned my stomach to see that um that online and we, I mean, I get it that Housewives is a lot of trashy goodness but our, the fans don't have to also be trashy Yeah, do better Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy
1: Join us next time for
0: more of our recaps and hot takes, and
1: be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening and check us out on our social media at A Gay and
0: His Envy on all the platforms A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin and, and we're out! out.